Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, my neighbor. Good morning, July. Good morning. Music. Talk. Inspiration. In perspective. Express yourself. Good morning, my neighbor. City FM, your station. It's a refreshing lifestyle. City FM. 25 minutes past 6 Unchangeable Unshakeable Unstoppable That's who you are Welcome to Tuesday morning It's the 14th of June 2022 This is the radio show that you love Well, it's because we love you You make it meaningful You make it count You make it personal William McDowell says you are God alone. Starting the show with business sense, then there's the newspaper review. Or rather the news review. These days we do a lot more online. 
and then we're coming to the business sports we even give you weather and one of the things about him that is unchangeable he doesn't meddle with your choices he says i have set before you life and death blessing and cursing choose life that you may live choose life your choice is one of the most powerful gifts god has given you learn to exercise it with discretion he says choose life choose life there are some things we can't choose like who our parents are we can't choose all the circumstances that happen to us but we can choose our response to those circumstances those circumstances so you can determine what people do but you can determine what you do in response teach your people the power of choice train yourself to exercise that choice judiciously not everything that happens is within our control but a lot of our responses within our control study and understand the power of choice he says i have set before you blessings and cursings life and death choose life be wise in your choice be wise in your choice as a free moral agent your choices determine your chances it also determine your outcomes that's life sense captioned business sense brought to you by adb we can give you up to 10,000 cities in a quick salary advance we call adb payday plus if you receive your salary through our bank you can reach us now call na 0244-284-197 or call meredith on 0243-273-369 terms and conditions apply adb truly a greek and more and money is good and money showers will feel great luckily airtel tigos tugum is still reloaded is back you can win up to 125,000 cities in the grand draw and 5,000 cities every week simply dial star 500 hash increase your chances of winning check your weekly airtel money your calls your data targets you enter the promo it's called Tugu Missouri Reloaded. Winners will be contacted on 026 Tell Tigo, life is simple. Join the conversation on the City Breakfast Show on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash city97.3. Twitter at twitter.com forward slash city973. And Instagram at instagram.com forward slash city973. With the hashtag CityCBS. Oh, <laughs> 
And it's uh, 6.33. <laughs> it's one of the songs that you learn when you come to Ghana. Kaso. The newspaper review is the segment where we give you the headlines, the angles, and the backstory to some of the key issues. And it's brought to us by Fidelity Bank. Now, if you want to feel Dubai... And if you're a Fidelity Bank agent, open more Fidelity Smart accounts, make deposits, transfers, withdrawals, and transactions between now and October. The agent with the highest number of smart accounts will be on their way to Dubai and a fabulous all-expenses-paid vacation. The best time to become a Fidelity agent is now, and the best place to sign up is here, 059-3837-146. That's 059-3837-146, Fidelity Bank, believe with us. Do you know the Guabia, the Guabia Awards? <laughs> the Ghana West Africa Business Excellence Awards. Anointed Total Petroleum as the best OMC in their 2022 awards. It's because they deliver excellent quality consistently to you. And because of that, they're dedicating this award to you, you proud totalists who are moving to your total service station to do all the wonderful things you do to your car. It's an interactive show. We'd like to hear from you. If you can't call, send us a voice note. You could just uh, WhatsApp it 0549986996. We'll be happy to read. But if you can actually send a text, you can do so as well. Well, this morning, one of my listeners is not happy. He sent me a long one. He says, Good morning, Bernadette. Please, who? I don't know much about construction. But when I got to the bridge on the motorway at 5.35 this morning, there was no hint of active feverish work going on. At least, there's no floodlight or whatever illumination to indicate that they don't depend on the daylight to work. I did not see throngs of active hands doing anything. I feel so sad for Ghana. 
the hundreds of cars already stuck in the long queue as at 5.40 a.m. stretches all the way to the first bridge from Tema. Ghanaians are so trusting. They actually trust the process and again, they have come in their numbers this morning to sacrifice their time, energy and fuel. I am sad. Yesterday, I did 3 hours 40 minutes from Tema to Accra. Can someone say something or do something or should we just be patient? I am sorry. Someone had to hear my rants. The woman vex. Let it out. Let's hear from you. We want to hear from you, not just on traffic, on stuff like roads, schools, hospitals, other developmental matters. Daily Breakfast Show is live. My name is Bernard. I'm here with the whole team, and we're getting into the newspaper review when we come back. Alright, so let me say good morning to the team. Two members of the team. Godfred Akotobuafu is here. Good morning. <laughs> good morning, Bernard. That's in key C and Koku is here. <laughs> Hello, Bernardino. That's in A flat. Really? I just guessed. I just <laughs> <laughs> Do you know your key though? I really don't know my key. I don't when know. you say your key, like for, I thought every people have one key or every depends on the song. <clears throat> no, it depends on the song. Like, it has to depend on the singer. No, it, there are keys that you might be comfortable singing in. Aha. Uh-huh. But every key, I mean, there are some keys that can be sung in. There are some songs that can be sung in different keys. Okay. There are some songs that have been written in a particular key. And oh, that's the key in which so you can't, sung. T- you can't touch it. You can't change it. No, especially it. when it comes to operatic You can't change repertoire. it. My it that's how it's written. My key is E. <laughs> what do you mean your key is E? Like every song you sing, you want to sing in the key of E. A honeho. He doesn't even know what E is. A major or E minor. He's a honeho. He doesn't even know. It means a honeho. Okay. Is, but is E a low or high key? It, it, it again it depends on the singer oh really yeah Charlie, music no we have to go for back some to music people, <laughs> if you're singing a song in in the key of e it might be low for you it might be high for you depending on your voice type if you're a bass maybe it's high if you're a soprano it might be low okay it, 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 hello okay. just for me see how it's okay you want to be a bass this morning but you're <laughs> not a bass <laughs> you know let's just get into the stories right it's okay it's okay like it's confusing we have daily the Ghanaian times you have the daily graphic Let's start with the Ghanaian Let me Times. Start, uh, no. Okay, Ghanaian Times. Yes. The National Cathedral. Why do you want to start with the graphic? I'm starting with the Ghanaian Times. National Cathedral. Yes. The project will pay off. You. This is from the finance minister, Kenofuriata. Also, the Kolebu Teaching Hospital. They're on high alert over COVID-19 resurgence in staff. Hey. Yeah. All right. And this horrible incident that happened yesterday. Yeah. 20 Islamic SHS students hospitalized following police attempt to quell demo. Mm. And the Green Ghana project, apparently the nation has exceeded the 20 million seedling target. All right. Let's... That story makes it on the front page of the Daily Graphic. Green Ghana exceeds 22, uh, exceeds target of 22 million trees planted. Mm-hmm. Uh, photo of a happy looking Benito Usubi, Deputy Minister of Lands and Natural Resources. Mm-hmm. And then repair works on motorway causes heavy traffic. I think today's day two. And mm-hmm. apparently started at 5.40. 
this so, day too. There's going to be a lot of traffic yeah, today. Yeah. The Chronicle front page, and they've pictured some of the SHS students lying on the ground here after being tear gassed. Terrible. Police gas Islamic students. Terrible. And IGP says we're going to look into it and take all actions that need to be taken. We'll take a look at his statement later. Yeah. Coup trial. Adaudu accuses prosecution of withholding vital evidence. Alan calls for reformation of WTO mm. and nurse trees you have planted, says the land's ministry. Yes, also, yes. Psalm 71, verse mm. 4. Mm-hmm. Rescue me, oh my God, mm-hmm. out of the hand of the wicked, mm. out of the grasp of the wrongdoer and ruthless man. Mm. The front page of the anchor this morning, school feeding collapsing, MP accuses government of insensitivity, naked illegality at GRA as tension brews. And this story made the rounds on social media yesterday, but it's on the front page of the newspaper today. Mm. Minister orders removal of trees planted by NDC. This was in the OT region. That's crazy, ECG man. path is in trouble. Mm. Company begins nationwide auditing of meters. And $10 million Buipe share nuts factory mm. left to rot. Mm. The new crusading guide front page. Ghana exceeds 20 million seedling target for Green Ghana Day. That's according to the Lands Ministry. Also, attempts to denigrate CPCMD backfires as mm. committee report clears him of any wrongdoing. Reform WTO to be responsive, says Alan Shermatin. And Asanska Jewelry Limited is now Asanska Minerals. Mm. Front page of the Daybreak newspaper says Dampire descends upon top cop over land guard activities. The president is speaking on Africa's workforce capacity. The, the story that says the NLA boss is on his and his staff are on a warpath over unpaid bonuses. Mm-hmm. The finder front page, 167 kilometer road is going to cost $150 million. Dr. Baumia cut the sword for that yesterday. Also, Dr. Amwa calls for new approaches for solving economic problems. Alan calls for reform of World Trade Organization to make it responsive. Mm. Aziz Futa's re-election bid, backed by all regional Nasara coordinators, that's NPP stuff there. Africa needs to build capacity of its workforce says President Gufuado, and 20 million seedlings target for Green Ghana Day exceeded. All right. Finally from me, Bernard, the front page of the graphic business says tackling unemployment to create wealth. Agri-sector, best bet. Hmm. Uh, this according to several stakeholders they've spoken to. Policy rate hikes harm access to credit, according to business groups, and entice businesses with tax rebates to employ more youth, according to a Dr. Ankara. The All business right. analyst front page, private sector credit rebounds. Baumia cut sword for the construction of a $150 million road project in northern region. Banks pledge a billion dollars to Ghana government to spare finances. You spoke about that yesterday. We won't increase transport fares now, says the Ghana Private Road Transport Union. And poor hygiene and sanitation at Mawako. The FDA investigations have revealed what caused all those upset tummies. Let's take you online. So the latest from the Kumasi incident. Islamic SHS disturbance. Deputy Police Regional Commander removed two others interdicted is our lead story also calm restored 22 students discharged from hospital this is in team forger meanwhile government must be fiscally disciplined to address rising inflation according to an economist and then fda findings welcoming but will request for independent probe this is mawako's response to the story you just read in other stories on my journal line kumasi islamic shs top regional officer removed two others interdicted same issue police admits poor tactic education ministry investigates the issue in kumasi's islamic shs and then the story you read as well Oti regional minister orders removal of trees planted by ndc members to celebrate june 4 anniversary okay and then if you go on to star fm they're leading uh, with islamic shs chaos deputy assistant regional police commander removed so that's the lead, lead story there i won't let 
anyone harm you dampari assures islamic shs students and no state money was spent on national mosque according to a muslim group if you go to city business news economist calls for review of pfj to curb inflation also dbg will not shift its focus from its core mandate according to the ceo and then city business festival week three focuses on understanding the gun opportunity there's a big forum this morning hosted by you know who if you go to gna fda confirms with contamination at mawako dr baumia cuts off for construction of 167 kilometer tamaliendi tatali road i used that road in 2019 it could do with some repair Meanwhile, BOG oversees 7.9 million CD refund compensation payments and no plastic rice in Ghana, according to the FDA. There's another story that is coming soon on citynewsroom.com. Kukui, do you know the top 15 items with the highest year-on-year inflation in Ghana as mm. of May? Mm. What are they? Well, it's a quiz I'll do for you. Girlfriend oh, knows, but okay. you, you don't. Grapes. Right. Grapes. Grapes. Can you imagine? Grapes. Grapes. But, but, that, but, but that's not even the point. The point is about the fact that nine, nine of, of them, them yes, are food are related. Food related yes. And quite a number of them are imported as well. So oh. grapes, 100% inflation since last year compared to this year. The second highest is diesel, 81% inflation. Can you guess the third? Like, I could give you a thousand cities if you got it right. Really? You wouldn't. Firewood. Yes. Firewood. firewood firewood inflation from may last year to this year is 74 percent i'm telling you and guess the fourth the thing is so random watermelon ah let's do the story <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, yes i know i know i know it's i know so random. it's random so like grapes grapes firewood percent diesel 81 percent that's understandable firewood 74 percent mm-hmm. watermelon 73 percent and then petrol 62 percent so, so that, those are the top five wow items with the highest food inflation. And fuel. Yes, food and fuel. You're right. And watermelon. Watermelon. I don't understand. I know we eat a lot of watermelon in this country. But it's also yeah, seasonal. That's that's mm. the thing. It, you know, it's not as if it's... But let, let's go through the list actually. So available. then the number six is maize, mm-hmm. which mm. is where we question planting for food and jobs because maize number six, 61%. And then condo, which is, which from, is maize, from maize, also 61%. And then gas. So back to fuel. LPG. So diesel, petrol, LPG is 60%. And then washing soap. Mm. 60% charcoal so it's fuel and food yeah. charcoal charcoal 58% wheat flour 57% and then avocado pear 54% pear. I'm telling you pear yes mm. pear, pear. <laughs> it's crazy let's get into the details okay Islamic SHS okay. so 20 Islamic SHS students hospitalized following police attempt to quell demo mm. at least 20 students of the Islamic senior high school in Kumasi have been rushed to the hospital following an alleged clash with the police deployed to maintain law and order. The students were taken to hospitals at uh, Suntreso and Mesia, among others, mm. following the firing of tear gas by the police. The victims were said to be part of a group of students who blocked the uh, Abrepo Junction, mm-hmm. Berkesi Road. Abrepo Junction. Abrepo That's Junction. the first ever place I went to in Kumasi. Really? <laughs> the first time I went to Kumasi, I dropped at Abrepo Junction. That, wow. That's the difference. Okay. <laughs> so, apparently, they were demonstrating against pedestrian knockdowns yes. involving students and teachers of the yeah. school. Yes. Angry students of the SHS masked up to protest. Mm. They called for the construction of speed ramps on mm. that section of the road. Mm-hmm. They mounted roadblocks in protest of a speeding vehicle that knocked down a teacher of the school over the weekend. Yeah. The police, according to eyewitnesses, reportedly fired warning shots to disperse the students mm-hmm. and to allow free movement of vehicles on the road. Mm-hmm. Reports indicated 
that there was vehicular and human traffic on that stretch for more than an hour before the police were invited to clear the road. Uh-huh. Academic work had been grounded as parents frequented the school to check on their children amid heavy security. A Ministry of Education official, Eric Opoku Mensah, said efforts were underway to bring the situation under control. Mm. The Regional Director of Education was following up on the matter to ensure all students at the hospital are well catered for and yeah. are safe. And we know the IGP has So, two, two quick stories. Islamic SHS disturbances, uh, Deputy Police Regional Commander removed two others interdicted as the latest that came in this morning. Dikop Kwesiang Komia Preku has been uh, removed from his position following yesterday's incident. He's been interdicted together with two other senior officers. It's further established, according to the police, that even though nobody was hit by a bullet, the police handling of the incident was poor and fell short of their standard operating procedures on crowd control. Then the Ministry of Education has also visited the place. According to Dr. Antim Fojo, no, it's not Dr. No, Mr. Antim Fojo, Deputy Minister, come has returned to the school and he's basically saying classes have recon- uh, started again and that uh, they will ensure nothing until what happens. And then IGP was also there. He assured the students of um, essentially he will speak to the people who are in charge of the roads to deal with the problem that led to the incident in the first place. Staying with the IGP, uh, the Daybreak News on page 3 says he has descended upon the top cop according to the story. The IGP has ordered for investigations to be conducted into allegations of land guard activities as Katamanso mm-hmm. involving one of his top officers. The officer Chief Superintendent Solomon Ayewini Aboyingas alleged the involvement in the activities in the community came to the attention of the IGP after a member of the Oakley family at Katamanso Tamansu in the Konkatamansu municipality, Godric Ni Adiankra wrote to report the officer. Now, the office of the IGP has responded and says that they are investigating the issue and the outcome will be communicated to them in due course. In a related development, the Ghana Armed Forces mm-hmm. has also caused the staff sergeant to make undertaking never to set foot again on a set track of land which would lead mm-hmm. to legal or disciplinary action being taken against Finally, them. Fix the Country is urging the police to stop violent crowd control. Social Advocacy Group Fix the Country has called on the Ghana Police Service to speedily investigate the recent shooting incident at Islamic SHS. They also urge the police to end the increasing incidence of violent crowd control. According to the group, it is worried about the increased number of police civilian brutalities, especially on various secondary and tertiary campuses. Yesterday, Anas gave us 10 police incidents between June last year and June this year, none of which had had final resolution, in which 8 people had died and 80 people had been injured. Actually, 10 people had died and 80 people had been injured. So really troubling times indeed. All right. The Times also has an editorial on this. It says, don't sacrifice police professionalism. So people can check that out. Mm. But at Kolibu, they're mm. on high alert because COVID-19 is resurging in staff of the hospital. All right. So um, this increased spread of the disease among staff of the hospital is worrying. An internal memo issued last week and seen by Ghanaian Times indicated that 23 active cases have been confirmed among staff. 70% was hospital acquired. Mm. 30% was through community transmission. A further breakdown pointed to the fact that 13 of the infected persons Mm. were nurses, Mm. 5 are doctors, and the remaining 5 are non-clinical staff. Of those affected, 20 were fully vaccinated. COVID. And 3 others were unvaccinated. So the majority of the people are vaccinated. Mm. So that probably helps them a bit. Um, The the departments include the Accident Emergency Unit, Child Health, the Polyclinic, Public Health, and Human Resource. Mm. As healthcare workers, learn to live safely with COVID-19. It's our responsibility to reduce the risk of catching the disease and passing 
passing it on to another health worker or family members. The statement implored workers to get the booster doses to complement their vaccinations mm. and to improve their immunity against the disease while they take seriously the practice of wearing face masks, washing hands regularly with soap and water or alcohol-based hand rub, especially after engaging patients. All right. A couple of stories for you before mm. I get to the economy. Mm-hmm. Um, naked illegality at GRA from the anchor says that there is simmering anger among staff of GRA, mm. especially at its heart office, following the continuous stay in office by the Commissioner General Amishada Usuamo and two other commissioners after the attempt in office had allegedly elapsed. Mm. The anchor has gathered that even though the three commissioners' respective terms in office had expired and there has not been any letter of extension of the appointment by the appointing authority, they are still at post, allegedly signing letters and documents. Okay. So that is a complaint they are making. Now, mm-hmm. let's talk about the National Cathedral. It makes the front page yes. of the Ghanaian Times and yes, also the Daily Graphic on page 45 mm-hmm. says that the Minister of Finance, Kinoferata, has said the National Cathedral Project will rake in more revenue for the state upon completion. Mm-hmm. Speaking on GTV's current affairs show, Talking Points on Sunday, 12 June 2022, Mr. Ferata said, once completed and fully operational, the National Cathedral was projected to raise at least $1.8 billion within the five the first five years of operation. With a conservative estimate of 300,000 to 400,000 attendees per year, we expect the project to bring in at least $1.8 billion dollars over five years. Very optimistic numbers he has. Mm-hmm. And in the Ghanaian Times he also said, beyond serving the spiritual needs of the country, the cathedral is well crafted to double as a tourist attraction to Christians in Ghana, Africa and the world at large. He mentioned the planned Bible Museum and the inclusion of trees and artifacts of biblical background to the cathedral as avenues to attract tourists. He said through the tourists, the minister um, says foreign exchange will flow into the country mm-hmm. and he says the country should rally around the board of trustees comprising eminent men of God and All the government right. to make the project a success. Let's Let, come to the economy. Let's talk economy now, Bernard. If you go to the graphic business on page 23, the Bank of Ghana has been urged, uh, is urging bold policies to bolster economic recovery. Mm-hmm. It says that has called the BOG has called for bold policies from the government to improve the business operating environment and attract private capital to bolster the economy. It said a more efficient business environment through improved rule of law, protection of property rights, transparency and accountability would help to so attract hmm. both foreign direct investments and portfolio investments which were critical to the ongoing economic rebound. Meanwhile, an economist is asking government to be fiscally disciplined to address rising inflation. Dr. Edu Sarkodie thinks the Bank of Ghana's measures are tight fighting inflation may be counterproductive without the multi- a multi-sectoral approach from some key government ministries. He argues that the record inflation of 27.6%, which is primarily supply-driven, requires key ministries, trade, finance and agric, to bring in policies that will reduce public debt and borrowing. He believes these policies will enhance the fiscal discipline on the part of various ministries, which will consequently tackle inflation. He was speaking on the big issue on Saturday. He also spoke on the point of view yesterday. He also calls for a review of the planting for food and jobs. According to him, the rise in food prices coupled with the rise in transport-related prices shows that the planting for food and jobs needs a review. He says, and, and this was when he was reviewing the f- uh, 15 items with the highest inflation. Some of them included maize, watermelon, and wheat flour. And Dr. Edu Owusu-Sako there says the development is unacceptable in an era where a program like Planting for Food and Jobs has been running for five years. And then he spoke about some of the agricultural items that he thought prices should have been lower 
if PFJ had been successful. Okay, speaking of planting, over 20 million seedlings target for Green Ghana Day exceeded. Mm. So the Ministry of Lands and Natural Resources has disclosed that a total of mm. 22.6 million seedlings have so far been distributed for the 2022 edition of the Green Ghana Initiative. Addressing the media on behalf of the Sector Minister, Samuel Jinapo, um, the Deputy Minister, Benito Usubio, called for effective monitoring and supervision of the seedlings that were planted to fuel the success of the 2022 edition. Now, he doubles as the chair of the, the 2022 to Green Ghana Planning Committee. He's expressed his appreciation to all partners for the job done in organizing and making the seedlings readily available. He said we should ensure the trees planted are well nurtured to serve their purpose. Mm. He said we need to make conscious efforts to nurture them and protect them from fires, weeds under them, etc. He expects a high survival rate of plants this year, mm. more than the 85% survival rate achieved last year. Now, trees have been, ordered, uh, have been removed by the regional minister in the OT region. And this was because they were planted by the NDC as part of the June 4 celebration in the region. Seriously? Yeah, and uh, speaking at Pasa Senior High Technical School to mark this year's Green Day, uh, Makabu said 4 June was a day people's parents and loved ones were killed. So he went to remove the trees? He says we cannot sit down as a country, as a region or a school and allow trees to be planted on a compound to signify this day where people lost their lives. Now, Brenda, let me give you this story. It almost escaped me. The Ivorian government has a problem with Galamsi in Ghana. Yesterday in the news, yes, so Tano the, River. Yes, the government of the Republic of Cote d'Ivoire has complained bitterly mm. about the current state of the Tano River, which serves as a source of domestic use for its citizens. The river, which also serves as a natural international boundary line between Ghana and its western neighbor Cote d'Ivoire, has been heavily polluted. Now, speaking of the Africa Border Day event, which was held at Noé in Cote d'Ivoire, Dauda Watara, the special advisor to the Prime Minister of the Republic of Cote d'Ivoire, the activities of legal mining have read useless. Repair works graphic. This is graphic reports that the Tamakra motorway have to brace for weeks of gridlock along for removal of the damaged concrete slabs on the bridge. The situation created heavy vehicular congestion which lasted the entire day yesterday, worsened during the rush hour and a journey that ordinarily took between 20 and 30 minutes to make taking at least over two hours. Okay, speaking of roads, Vice President Dr. Balmia yesterday cut the sword for construction of a 167-kilometer highway from Tamale through to Yendi to mm. Tatale in the northern region. Mm-hmm. The massive highway, which has significant portions of it untarred for decades under successive governments, forms part of the Eastern Corridor Road, yeah. linking major towns in the northern, northeast, upper east, Oti, Volta, and greater Accra regions. It's a $150 million project. It will also include provision of socioeconomic complementary interventions in the form of schools, Holes and clinics within the project communities. Dr. Baumia described the sword cutting as historic mm-hmm. and a demonstration of President Kufuado's inclusive development vision for all, especially in it's the It's a north. very important road for those who want to reach the north via the eastern corridor. It's the last leg of the corridor. If it's done, it will help. Just a Lots quick of overview shooting of shooting, killing stories. Yeah, in Africa. So yeah. if we go to Burkina Faso, a hundred people killed in Burkina Faso attack. Apparently, armed men killed at least a hundred civilians in a rural district of northern Burkina Faso. The attackers struck on Saturday night. Um, these are with militants who are linked to Al-Qaeda and Islamic State. They're waging an insurgency there. Mm. Also in Congo, rebels seized an eastern border town in the Democratic Republic of Congo as well. And at least 29 guests abducted traveling from a wedding ceremony in Nigeria. In Nigeria, 37 people killed on rural community in Benue. Gunmen killed another person in Anambra four days after his abduction. And 29 wedding guests also abducted That's in what Nigeria. It's in just Alpha. crazy. Meanwhile, there's a, sto- a sports story that we missed. Nigeria vented their frustration. They scored them 10 nil. 10. In Why? No, the game was played in Morocco, Agadir. Okay. So that was the news about review. Thank you, Godfrey. Thank you, Kokui. The City Business News is next. Stay with us.
Unleashing the power of relevant radio. This is City 97.3. City Business News next brought to you by MTN. There are 100 more reasons to buy your airtime with MTN Momo. You're probably asking why? Well, it's that simple. Momo is giving you back 100% bonus whenever you buy airtime from your wallet. Or there's, that's, two and, that's two times the airtime you need. Schedule your airtime purchase on any amount daily, weekly, or monthly by dialing star 170 hash. Select option 3 and fill the process. Whether you're scheduling tomorrow's airtime today or buying airtime now, don't forget, it's star 170 hash to get a 100% bonus airtime so you can make twice as many calls and catch up with all the gist you need. Obiose is here with the news. Good morning. Good morning, Bernard, and good morning to you out there. Welcome to the breakfast edition of City Business News, probably brought to you by MTN, Goyle and Enterprise Life. Your advantage in part by your most comprehensive business news website, citybusinessnews.com. Coming up, Economist calls for a review of government's flagship program, Planting for Food and Jobs, lamenting its inability to help keep local food prices from rising abnormally. Also, much-awaited development bank Ghana DBG begins official operations from today. The new bank is expected to facilitate the provision of affordable credit for businesses in selected sectors. Let's bring in the details now. As the rise in food prices, coupled with a rise in transport-related fares, continues to push national inflation up, calls are being made for a relook at some key government policies. According to some stakeholders, the high inflation related to some local food items cannot be accepted when we have agriculture-focused programs like planting for food and jobs. The following report has more. While the contribution of food and non-alcoholic beverages to national inflation saw a reduction by 1.6 percentage points, it still stood at 48.4%, indicating that the hike in food-related prices contributed about half of the overall inflation rate recorded in the country in May, which rose to 27.6%. While some of the food items are imported, a lot like maize, watermelon and wheat flour are local items and have seen their prices rise by over 50 50% or more in the past 12 months. For economist and senior lecturer at the Economics Department of the University of Ghana, Dr. Edu Sakodie, this is unacceptable in an era where a program like Planting for Food and Jobs has been running for close to five years. Look at firewood. Small, small, simple, simple items like watermelon. Then you come to charcoal, wheat flour, avocado pear, granite oil. These are simple, simple agricultural items that can easily be produced in the country. And that is why oftentimes it raises a big question about the government's policy of planting for food and jobs. If you have done a planting for food and jobs program which has run for five years, and simple, simple agriculture produce like watermelon, maize, corn, avocado pear, firewood, these things are the ones driving inflation in the country. Then I'm afraid that that program needs to be re-looked at. Whatever the problem may be, we have to investigate that. Other than that, we cannot tolerate some of these things because then, then we are all going to you know, spend all our incomes on this. And these are necessities. These are things that you need to eat to survive. Dr. Eduo Sasakode, meanwhile, maintaining that the current inflation hikes cannot be solved by monetary policy action alone. The fight on inflation has not been effective because, like I said, it's a supply-side issue. And therefore, the bank is only doing 
of this part, the honors lies on the supply side, the fiscal side, and the real actors, like the Ministry of Finance. So the Ministry of Finance must also fiscally be disciplined. We are talking about agriculture products, the agriculture ministry must also answer some questions on this type of inflation. Trade and industry must also answer some questions. All the actors in the rest sector must be part of this solution, not only the central bank. Economist and senior lecturer at the Economics Department of the University of Ghana, Dr. Edu Susako, the ending that report. He was speaking on City TV's Point of View program. Away from that, micro, small, and medium sized enterprises should heave a sigh of relief as the much awaited Development Bank Ghana DBG is expected to officially begin full operations from today, 14th of June 2022, after the official launch this morning. The government established a DBG as a development finance institution with a mandate to support economic transformation in Ghana and ease the constraints of long-term financing at competitive rates for entrepreneurs. Addressing the press during a media engagement ahead of the launch of the bank, CEO of the institution, Kwabana Bentietio Enchil Duca, said the bank is intended to do things differently by operating as a united front with partners, banks and businesses to ensure that it does not shift its focus from its core mandate. The following report has more. The economic transformation that Ghana is pursuing requires the availability of affordable capital for medium and long-term investments by the private sector. However, financial debt remains low in Ghana, constraining private sector development, particularly for micro, small and medium enterprises which accounts for over 80% of all business establishments. As part of measures to check the situation, the government began work on the establishment of the Development Bank Ghana, DBG, in 2018 to offer long-term credit to SMEs. According to government, the new Development Bank Ghana is a wholesale and non-deposit-taking bank which will increase access to long-term finance and boost job creation for thousands of businesses in key sectors, including agribusiness, manufacturing, ICT, tourism and other services across the country. Addressing the media at the pre-launch briefing session, the first CEO of the Development Bank Ghana, Kwame Nabenji Encho Duka, reiterated his outfit's plans at using an innovative model which includes the provision of competitively priced loans to partner financial institutions who will then lend to the small and medium-sized enterprises. Our job is to make sure that we give our loans to the banks at rates that allow the SME to grow. And we all have a very good idea of what is the applicable rate or rates or range of rates to allow an SME to grow. So our job is to make sure that we keep our costs down, we keep everything as lean as possible, and that allows us to lend to our banking partners, which allows them to add a margin for the credit risk, for that credit risk, and be able to still lend to the SMEs at rates that allow them to grow. We are not here to provide cheap loans, and I've made that really clear. We're here to provide competitive that allow SMEs to grow. He also noted that the bank will support commercial banks with some capacity building in order to better understand its core mandate. That was the CEO of the Development Bank Ghana, Kwamina Benji Enchil Duka, ending that report by Netalinetti. Now, despite the ravaging impact of the COVID-19 pandemic and the growing concern over the economic consequences of the Russia-Ukraine war globally, the Ghana Investment Promotion Center, GIPC, says Ghana still remains a major viable investment option. Now, many countries have taken major hits from these global happenings, causing a lot of their economies to nosedive. However, in spite of this, a recent report by Fitch, Rich 
rated Ghana as the best trade and investment hub in West Africa. Speaking on the City Business Festival's on-air series on the topic Understanding the Ghana Opportunity, CEO of the GIPC, Yofi Grant, stated that the country still had a unique selling proposition that investors all over the world are still keen on. And even post that time, in 2021, when many countries were still riling from the effects of the pandemic, and now, you know, uh, what has happened, this conflict has come in and further dampening economic growth. Ghana's mm. economy grew at 5.4%. Mm. And the World Bank and IMF have projected that it will grow at an average of 5.2% in the next three years and above. So it's not all gloomy as it's been made to see. To see. Mm. Um, it's pretty attractive. And, and, and we're optimistic. And that's why I say the stories of the three O's. We are very optimistic that if we stay the course, We'll get where we are going. Now, you spoke about, so what is the attraction um, for Ghana? When you put all these together in a matrix of factors, that's what the average investor wants to see. A place that is politically stable, a growing economy, despite all the ravages of, um, of the war and the pandemic, uh, an optimistic people who are very clear and have a game plan that they are going to execute. Those are the factors that before they even look at the real ground opportunities investors want to see. When they see that, then they are confident that at least this is a country that we understand. We understand. That was the CEO of the Ghana Investment Promotion Center, Yofi Grant, the full version of his interview on the City Business Festival's on-air series on the topic, Understanding the Ghana Opportunity, will air at 9 a.m. on the City Breakfast Show. Time now to join Gideon Amunice of Databank for the latest updates on the bonds market. Last week's auction of the 91-day to the 364-day bills attracted total demand worth 1.2 billion Ghana cities. The government accepted 1.1 billion Ghana cities, which fell short of the auction targets by 22% and maturities due by 17%. The 91-day yield closed the auction higher by 1.12% week-on-week to 23.70%, while the 22-day yield increased by 1% week-on-week to 25.41%. The 364-day yield advanced by 2.4% week-on-week to 26.86%. Activity on the Ghanaian secondary bond market picked up last week, recording an aggregate turnover of 2.77 billion Ghana cities. The data bond bond index declined, increasing the year-to-date loss to 10.05%. Yeah, the Gideon Amunichi of Data Bank with the latest updates on the bonds market. And that does it for the breakfast edition of City Business News, probably brought to you by MTN, Goyle and Enterprise Life. Your advantage and powered by your most comprehensive business news website, citybusinessnews.com. My name is Bobby Osei. Do have a good business day. Join the conversation on the City Breakfast Show on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash city97.3, Twitter at twitter.com forward slash city973, and Instagram at instagram.com forward slash city973 with the hashtag CityCBS. This is the City Breakfast Show, the city's biggest conversation. Fourteen minutes past seven, Tuesday the fourteenth. Still on the city breakfast show. So, which of the top fifteen drivers of inflation do you spend more money on? IGP has asked the deputy commander for Ashanti region to be interdicted. Two others removed. Is that enough? What is the police doing about how he controls crowds? We have. 
10 major incidents in the past 12 months none has been resolved we'll give you some highlights of those before all of that it's kickoff time brought to you by lesheho if you're a government worker or private salary worker ready to go big with your passion lesheho has great news for you take a new loan between now and august and receive a cash back reward apply for our competitive payroll loans now get rewarded really big visit appforms.lesheho.com or call 0577-699923 let's go big together lesheho let's improve life And the man with the double name, Butros Butros Gali, Salim Ahmed Salim. Fentu Tahiru Fentu. Charlie, you are in a, a very small set of great men. I'm telling you, yeah. I want to call myself Bernard Avle Bernard. That would not it's, be it's, bad. It's not working. It won't be bad. <laughs> Have you tried though? <laughs> Coming up on kickoff this morning, Otoado expects two Ghanaian players to switch nationalities by the end of this week. Uh, Pemdakwa ladies, they want to build an empire there. Australia have booked their World Cup plays and Liverpool, Arsenal and Man City all beefing up their squads. Uh, thanks for staying with us. Uh, this is Kickoff on 97.3 City FM, brought to you by Lesheho. My name is Fentu, Tahiru Fentu. Now, the Black Stars are currently in action. It's half-time in their game against Chile in the Karen Cup. This is their second game of the competition. It's the third-place playoff match. They lost the opening game 4-1 to Japan. Chile lost to Tunisia, so the two of them are meeting. Half-time is near-nil in that game. Coach Otado made five changes to his lineup for this particular game. I just give you the starting lineup very quickly. Nuruddin Manaf is being given a starting place in goal. Uh, there's Edmond Ado, Seidu, Amate and Babaraman in a back four. Wakasu also started this game. He's already been yellow carded. Then there's Abdul Fatal Isahaku, Andre Ayukudus Mohamed and Afana Jan supporting Benjamin Tete up top. So half time nil nil uh, we'll see how the rest of the game plays out. But speaking of Black Stars head coach Otoado making changes, he expects some clarity on the status of some foreign-born Ghanaian players who are seeking nationality switches by the end of this week. Kelum Hudson, Odoi, Tarek Lamte, Eddie Nketiah, Inaki Williams, Stefan Ambrosios, uh, Nico Williams, they are all rumoured to be close to switching nationalities to play for the Ghana national team. And Otoado hopes those nationality switches can be made before the September international break. The time is very limited. Um, first of all, um, I think it's important to know that if, especially if you have played for one other national team before, uh, even if, if it's in the youth um, and you have low numbers, you can change. Um, but the process is also it's a, a time factor. So, um, yeah, I think um, it's, uh, it's an open secret that we have talked to a lot of players. And, um, yeah, I think uh, latest by next week, we will know. Um, who would like to join us and who not. 
uh, that's Otoado, the Black Stars head coach there. Now, Ampim Dako, ladies, they are looking to build on the success of this season to make the team a greater force on the African continent. That's according to head coach Joe Nana Adakwa. Ampim Dako completed a double this season, winning the Women's Premier League title and the Women's FA Cup. They will represent Ghana in the CAF Women's Champions League uh, next season. But Adakwa has set his sights on building a solid team beyond that competition. This trophy has given us very, very um, um, confidence because apart from going to Africa, we are going to make some inclusions so that the team will come to the incoming next year very strong. We are going to work on some players. So next year you can see I'm in more stronger than this year. Jordan Adakwa is the head coach of Apim Dakwa Ladies, Ghana's Women's Premier League champions. Uh, now, to Côte d'Ivoire, their goalkeeper, Sylvain Bohu, has been handed an 18-man ban by the world's football governing body, FIFA, for a doping violation. The 33-year-old tested positive last year for the banned substance trimetazidine, a heart medication, which the World Anti-Doping Agency categorizes as a stimulant. His ban has been backdated to 23rd December and he will be free to play again on the 24th of June 2023, just one day after the Africa Cup of Nations has kicked off in his home country. Elsewhere, Pizzo Matsumani, he's left Egyptian Jans Al-Ali by mutual consent three months after signing a new two-year deal as head coach. The South African led the Cairo side to two uh, Africa Champions League titles after joining them in 2020, but his side lost this year's final to without Casablanca. The 57-year-old also secured two consecutive third-place finishes at the Club World Cup, including the 2021 edition played in February of this year. Australia are heading to the World Cup. They became the 31st team to book their place at the 2022 World Cup after beating Peru on penalties in an intercontinental playoff game in Qatar. Their goalkeeper Andrew Redmayne, who replaced Matt Ryan just before the shootout for his third cap, was the hero saving Alex Valera's final kick. The Socceroos will go straight into Group D alongside holders France, Denmark and Tunisia. The World Cup's final team will be decided later tonight when Costa Rica face New Zealand at the same venue, the Ahmad bin Ali Stadium in Doha. Now, some transfer news and Man City. They've completed the signing of Erling Haaland from Borussia Dortmund. He signed a five-year deal. And Haaland uh, says joining City could make a lot of his dreams come true. First of all, my father, a little bit. Um, uh, I was born in England. I've been a City fan my whole life. I know uh, a lot about the club. And um, I think in the end, two things. I, I feel a bit home here. And uh, also, I, I think I can develop uh, and uh, get the best out of my game in, in City. I, I like the style. I like the attacking football. I like the, the kind of positive vibe uh, we have uh, when City play football. This is uh, what I, I like a lot. So, uh, yeah, I think, I think it's, a, it's a really good fit. But I think I can develop a lot under, uh, a lot under Pep and uh, in this club. So, uh, so uh, I think I can get better on, uh, on uh, a lot of things. And... Uh, Hopefully they can score a lot of goals. Uh, that's uh, <laughs> Erling Haaland there. So Man City signing players. Uh, Liverpool are signing players as well. They have reached an agreement with Benfica to sign Uruguay striker Darwin Nunes. Uh, the, uh, Benfica, they say a fee of 75 million euros rising up to a potential 100 million euros with add-ons has been agreed. He's 22 years old. 
scored 34 times in 41 appearances across all competitions for Benfica last season. Arsenal have also confirmed the arrival of young Brazilian forward Marquinhos from Sao Paulo on a long-term contract. The forward who has represented Brazil at under-16 and under-17 level, has made 33 appearances for Sao Paulo and was part of the squad that won the Campeonato Paulista in 2021. He's only 19 years old. Uh, now to uh, some NBA uh, news, of course. Uh, just before that, though, some athletics first. Ghanaian sprinter Joseph Polamwa, he's disappointed the men's 4x100-meter relay team did not get to compete at the 2022 African Senior Athletics Championships in Mauritius. Amwa competed in the 200 meters at the event but failed to make the final. Having anchored the relay team to a gold medal at the 2019 African Games in Rabat, the 24-year-old was hoping to lead the team again to uh, Mauritius, but timing constraints prevented some members of the quartet from traveling to the Indian Ocean Island for the competition. Um, we wish we could, but you know, like um, the time and all that, some of my teammates are still running in college. They had the NCAA championship, so um, the team that we brought here is a team we could bring. There's no, um, there's no reason why all of them are not here. It's just some of them are still in school. Uh, Ghanaian sprinter Joseph Paul Amor, he will be at the World Championships and the Commonwealth Games, uh, both competitions slated for uh, July and the last one running into August. Now, in the NBA Finals, the Golden State Warriors beat the Boston Celtics 104-94 in Game 5. They now lead the series 3-2. Andrew Wiggins was the star of the show, scoring 26 points with 13 rebounds. Steph Curry failed to make a three-point shot in an NBA game for the first time since November 2018. The Warriors can win the championship on Friday morning if they can win Game 6. But Curry admits it wouldn't be easy. I mean, the fact that we have an opportunity, you know, to win one more game and accomplish the task is, is it's exciting. We know it's not going to be easy. We know that that building is it's a different environment. You know, we had a great win in game four, had some solid moments in game three, but couldn't get it done. So we understand what we need to do. It's just about going out and executing. Uh, that's uh, Steph Curry there. Before we go, Ghana and Chile. Uh, game is 52 minutes into the second half. It's nil-nil at the moment. All of the latest from that will be on our website, citysportsonline.com. For now, that's the latest on kickoff. Trust the process. The biggest things often start small. No matter where you are now, the most important decision you will make today is knowing where you'll be tomorrow. All you have to do is take the next step. Believe in your journey and go with passion. Because when you go with passion, you go big. You explore the possibilities. You create the tomorrow of your dreams. So come along and let's go big with our passion. Apply for a loan now and power your ambitions. Get plugged in. Let's go big. Power by Lesieho. This is the City Breakfast Show.
the city's biggest conversation. The City Breakfast Show. Rise above the noise. City Breakfast Show. Ben, I please with Michael Bananzi. A brother and reliable pillar, a glorious birthday. May 
God gladden his heart, strengthening him and family and entrench and deepen his smile. This is the Adombilas. They are proud of you, Mike. Happy birthday to Bernice Ahima Okanja from your Aunt Josephine. God bless and keep you. Happy sixth year to Madam Victoria Jamina Frimpong of Adaraka Official Town Presby Church from your children and in-laws wishing you God's blessings and good health. Happy birthday to Esohe Olajide. Appreciating the Lord for giving you one more year. And to Benjamin Kwame Arthur Ahunu, aka Odaseni. A big man. A big, 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 big man, Ben. Happy birthday to you, Odaseni Kwame Ahunu. And to you, Del Nyamado, Del Nyamado of ECG, Del Nyamado of Ketasku Film, Lokoji University, a big man, and an avid listener of the City Breakfast Show. Say good morning to Samson Ladia in Nini. Yes, please. Is today's birthday? No, it's not his birthday, but I saw him over the weekend and he said he just loves us. He loves I the show. I thought that was so nice. He loves the show. You know, yes, Samson, good morning to you. Samson Ladia. Legal I, luminary. Ayenini. Ayenini. <laughs> very, very nice guy. Yes. So good morning. Legal. <laughs> legal luminary. You know, yeah, some yeah, words yeah. go together. <laughs> But now, since we are doing birthdays, I'd yes. like to say happy birthday to um, Afrakoma Teria okay. of the Coco Marketing Company in Tema. All right. So, happy birthday to you, Afrakoma, from myself, from Gina, from everybody. Okay. Happy birthday to you. And happy birthday to Noreen Anoa Opong, from your mom, from your dad, and from AC. Noreen Anoa Opong. Also wishing his lost tip justice Justin Kofi Dogu, aka Last Killer. A glorious happy birthday from your driver Emmanuel Adesu. And to Honorable Basil Kojo Ahiable, Eastern Regional Chairman Hopeful. May God bless and grant you your desires from Mustafa at Lower Manya. First of all, I must admire the relationship that exists between Mr. Adesu and his lordship. <laughs> because for him to be able to call his lordship last killer publicly. <laughs> then second is he a real judge? Yeah, he says his lordship. lordship Justice, Justice Justin, Justin Kofidogu. AKA Last Killer. Last, last killer. killer. <laughs> <laughs> but then also for those who appear before him who now know that his nickname is Last Killer. <laughs> So it's Tuesday morning. We'll take a quick trip to Kumasi to give you an update on the Islamic SHS issue. The IGP moves swiftly there. He has interdicted the assistant regional police commander and two others. We'll check whether the school has gone back to normalcy. 
and then I wanted to do a quiz between Kokui and Kojo to ask, but I think Kojo has already heard the, the tip. You know, we're looking through the inflation numbers for the month of May, and uh, this was actually something uh, the guest on the Big Issue released that the 15 items with the highest year on year inflation for the month of May. Surprise, surprise, the number one item on that list was grapes. So I wanted to ask which of these 15 items you spend which percentage of your income on. Just to know how exposed you are. Of course, these 15 items may not have the highest weighting in the food basket. But it was very interesting. Nine of them were food related and six of them were mostly fewer related. And about six of them were imported. Nine of them were local. So many issues, so many angles to look at. But let me just run through the list again. So apparently, if you used inflation as of... And don't forget, inflation in May last year was 7.5%. And inflation for May is 27.6%. So it's moved from 7 to 27. That's how serious the inflation issue is. And apparently, there were so many different items. For example, school, uh, public school, inflation is very low. There are some things that are very low inflation. All right, so because there's free SHS, right? So se- expenditure education is not that high. But the items that had the highest <coughs> rate of price increase compared to this time last year, number one was grips. <laughs> grips. Now, you know, when you drive in traffic, sometimes observe the commonest things people sell. Yes. Grips is very common. Very. And it's become quite normal for people to be hawking grips all over. Yeah. They are shaping your taste. <laughs> Inflation 100%. <laughs> Number two was diesel, which is not surprising. And diesel is important because diesel is also used as a component in generators, in a lot of factory processing. So diesel, unlike petrol, which is just for cars, diesel has a a higher, it's called push-through effect than petrol. And inflation for diesel is 81%. 81%. So, good morning to all diesel car users. Now, number three was very perplexing. Firewood. Firewood and fuel wood. Firewood. You know, so when we went through the list, girlfriend was saying it's like fuel and food. Yeah. And it seems as if this is for cooking. Yes. And it, so for example, KK factory, people who do bulk cooking, if they can't do gas, because gas inflation was also 60%, they'll probably go for firewood. And because of all the restrictions around, um, uh, what do you call it, tree cutting and things, mm-hmm. maybe firewood is getting more expensive. Charcoal was also on the list of the yeah. top 15. Yes. So you have firewood of 74%, petrol of 62%, gas at 60%, and then you had um, charcoal at 58%. Mm-hmm. So it tells you that the fuel is a high problem. Do you buy charcoal? No, I don't remember the last time. The only time we do charcoal is during Christmas. Like when they want to cook a lot of food. I buy a lot of charcoal. You do? Yes. For for what? Because my players... Because... Another thing. You cook in bulk. You cook in bulk. We used to buy gas. Mm -hmm. And it's not working. It got got really expensive. Okay, so the the matron suggested... uh, And and let me tell you this. So I used to buy a lot of rice Mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. Now I've shifted to a lot of banku and kukunte. Okay. And Gary. And Gary. So how different are you from the people managing the free SHS? <laughs> no, but how um, different are you from the people cooking Gary for our children? Calm down. <laughs> calm down. You shift them from rice to what? He adds more protein. Yes, there's a, because they have they have gizzard, they have turkey, they have um, goat meat. There's the veggies. Are, veggies. Everything is on point. But you are green, kokonte, 
Yes. Gary and what? I'm saying that we used to do rice. We used to do uh, rice three times a week. Okay. Now we are doing rice twice a week. And what are you doing more often now? We are doing um, Gary, Gary mm-hmm. Banku. But Banku as well, corn dough has, has gone, gone up, up 61. It's maize is 60%. Yes, but I can buy more corn dough and stretch it than rice. Than rice. Do you add cassava dough to the Banku? Yes, she does. Okay. So I'm just going through the list again. So grapes 100%, diesel 81%, firewood 74%. We'll try and understand. But this. even the chicken, I used to, because I, I do the mm-hmm. shopping myself. Mm-hmm. I used chicken. to. Yeah, I used to buy. Do you, do you buy the alive animals and kill them? No, no, no. You buy frozen? Yes, I have to. Mm-hmm. So it means from America? Yeah, I'm adding to the cost. So you are building the U.S. economy? I'm building the U.S. economy. <laughs> so I, I, I think last month, I used to buy the size. Yeah. Uh, for I'm trying to remember now. 15 mm-hmm. per, per yeah, unit per you know per bag now it's, now it's 22 hey, seven cities mm. yes it's now uh, last week i bought uh, for two and then i bought giz, uh, sausages i used to buy sausages so you need to give them protein yes so i used to buy like the locally made sausages i buy the locally made sausages mm-hmm. i don't buy them but are you are where you feed your players better than we feed our students in secondary school yeah, but the footballers train twice a day and they exert a lot of energy. But the, but the, the students, the students are also studying. They need protein. <laughs> you were when Pempe was a lot of work. What, what protein were you eating when you were eating Danny Hall food? No, but Pempe, you could not complain. It's good. Eh? At the time, now I don't know. Media could complain. But <laughs> the school I went, the only time we had chicken was when we had Sunday jollof. No, you see, what, the reason why you could not mess around was the headmaster we had a, around that time had this habit of showing up randomly to eat breakfast and lunch with the team, ah, with the okay, students. So he'll just show up and... So if the food is not good that day... Saddam? Saddam, you are dead. Okay. Saddam, yes. <laughs> Alright, so let's just stay with the point. The question I have is, which of these 15 items do you spend... Uh, are you... Uh, it would, okay, which of these fall within your top three of expenditure? So grapes, diesel, firewood, watermelon, petrol, maize, condo, gas, washing soap, charcoal, wheat flour, Avocado pear, vegetable oil, granite oil, and margarine. We'll come back to this list shortly. But in the meantime, running a business can be simple and stress-free with access to all your data everywhere you go. That's if you're using Kedeba, of course. Kedeba ERP allows you to monitor your inventory, review profit margins, regulate expense, and do so much more. It's equipped with relevant reports on all your business activities. If you're looking at promoting your waste to a larger market, join our community of vendors at kedeba.com where we expose your products and offerings to new markets and customers. Call 055-65-41525 or sign up at kedeba.com. Kedeba Go Mobile. Now, if you're cooking, then Miss Cookie is truly a savior in the kitchen. In the past, people would run to the corner store to buy onion, bakushito, garlic, ginger, and herbs, and then come and waste all their time peeling and blending. As for herbs like rosemary and the others, you don't even want to know. But Miss Cookie is 100% natural, ingredients that have been carefully selected, Peel them blended into perfect mixes for various meals. Products include pure ginger, pure garlic, the mix for marinating chicken, meat, kelewile, tilapia for stew, soups, and more. Call 0200-365-997 to order. Delivery is free. Locate Miss Cookie opposite the Absa Bank at American House or on Facebook and Instagram. We're going to the Ashanti region. Hafiz Tijani is our regional correspondent. Yesterday, he broke the story of the chaos 
on campus at Islamic SHS. He's joined us this morning to give us a report of the police. Good morning, Hafiz. Thanks for joining us. Good morning, Bernard. I'm sure you're back at uh, Islamic SHS. What can you report in terms of the situation there this morning? A lot has changed, Bernard. So yesterday, the protest centered on the speed ramps by the students when they have been complaining about incessant vehicular uh, knockdowns on the main Abrepo Barakesi Road. So the IGP yesterday, uh, after visiting some of the students at the hospital, uh, had promised to uh, speak to, uh, he said actually he spoke to the authorities at the um, Urban Road directory, uh, and they have assured to uh, come in and assess the situation and erect the speed ramps. But the IGP went further to promise that before that, in the interim, he was going to provide some ropes for the speed ramps, and that has been done this morning. So drivers who are coming from areas like um, Atafwa, Barakesi, Amalfum to Kumasi, Metropolis, um, upon reaching this section of the school, have to slow down because of the roads that have been put here already. And others who are coming from the main Abreport Junction to areas like Amalfum to Barakesi also, they have to slow down. So the situation, I would say, has improved, and academic activities are back to normal at the Islamic mm. Senior High School. And mm. just that, except that uh, the topic remains uh, high here. Yeah, okay. so uh, has, uh, I don't know how people are receiving the news that the police service has removed Deputy Ashanti Regional Commander Dekob Akwesi Akomia Preku and also interdicted two others. How, has, how, are, how are the people of Kumasi receiving this news? Well, mixed reaction. Like I said, this uh, issue uh, is still being discussed on media platforms within the Ashanti region. So people who phone into some of these talk shows, uh, they say usually you have these statements coming from the police that an interdiction has been done, but you don't, they don't get to hear about the outcome of the investigation. So they want the IGP, though they move by the IGP law double according to most of the residents within the metropolis and the region. They want further action to be taken so that uh, they don't experience any alleged police brutality whatsoever uh, in, in terms of their relationship with civilians. A lot of people are happy about the move by the IGP and the police hierarchy, but they want the police to ensure that investigations are conducted into this properly so that uh, anyone who is culpable will be made to face the law. Thank you for that report. Keep up the good work, Hafiz Tijani. He is our Ashanti Regional Correspondent reporting from the precincts of Islamic SHS at Abreport Junction in Kumasi. So IGP has moved quickly. He went there to assure the students of safety interdicted and removed the uh, deputy Asante regional police commander and two other senior officers according to the police it was established that even though nobody was hit by a bullet the police handling of the incident was poor and fell short of their standard operating procedures on crowd control as a result deputy regional commander dikop akwesi akomia preku who was acting as regional commander has been removed from his position and has been interdicted two other officers acp george akuma 
the regional operations officer and ACP Alex Kujo Aqua, the Suami Divisional Police Commander, have also been interdicted to make way for a thorough investigation into the incident. The statement from the police added. The police further stated that the Police Professional Standards Bureau PIPS had commenced a full-scale investigation into the conduct of the officers who were responsible for the police response. All right, Godfrey, this seems pretty swift if you compare to other incidents. Um, we have a list of 10 incidents involving the police. Incidentally, the previous 10, the last one is June 2021, where there was a, a protesters in Nigeria. So remember the Nigeria incident in Ashanti? It happened June last year. Then in the next month, July, scrap dealers at Abu Market had some altercations with police and military. July, same year, miners at Ntrontronso in Asutufi South had some clashes with police. In October of the same year, there were soldiers and police clashing at Suami in the Ashanti region. December of last year's quarters at Kotobabi Market, Tema West, Great Accra, clashed with police over some land issues. February 2022, residents of Lameshegu, Tamale. This was a really bizarre story. The police said a man who was driving an unregistered car, they asked him to stop. He did not stop. They chased him to the Tamale uh, Lameshegu Palace and shot him. And had it not been for the intervention of the chief, they would have been lynched. April this year, minus in Telekubokazo class with some police as well. And then same month, youth in Akati class with police, one person died. And then in uh, May, which is last month, youth of Inkranza in the Bono East region. When we put these 10 incidents together, 10 lives have been lost, 80 people injured. So the IGP moved quickly to the Kumasi area to try and resolve the matter. Governor, I'll take a quick comment from you before we move back to the food discussion. This seems to have calmed the nerves. He went there yesterday when he was speaking. You could tell the students were happy he came. And as he was speaking, they were cheering. That seems to be good PR. But beyond that, what should we expect? I'm tired of the good PR. Mm. Mm. You are tired of the good PR. Tired of the good PR. So what should they do to bring back See, confidence? It's important that the situation be de-escalated. Mm -hmm. So much, I, I must admit. Mm -hmm. And um, yesterday we did an extensive coverage of it and it looked like it wasn't even just the IGP. Mm. Um, you had the Muslim community, the leadership go to the school quite quickly mm -hmm. to try and calm down parents because parents were very upset. Parents were also very worried. And How that, big is the school? Um, I'm told it's a huge school. I've seen 6,000 people. It's it's a big school. It's a big school. So from is it bigger than Amas? That I can't say. Okay. Amas Amas is quite mm. big and old. Yeah. Okay. But from your junction, your Abipo junction, mm. where Angel FM is, mm. you descend and you see the school on your right. I'm told and a lot of day students when they are walking, it's like so many people. Yes, and um, because the road has been done, it's smooth, um, and from a report down there drivers tend to speed mm. because you are descending a hill mm. and also from Abrepo mm -hmm. into Abrepo Junction. Mm -hmm. So 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 that's really the concern of the students that um the the the, the, the road safety around their school is not something But your school is also next to a road. So for line that No, the dynamics are, are different very different. Your school is mostly boarding. Not even not that. Like that. Before you get to the road side, you should have walked from the main block ah, to the, you know. It's that far. It's very different. But this one, once they and leave the school, they have to cross the road. Okay. And the changing of the entrance of Premper, the traffic lighting and everything it's makes different. the Premper dynamic different. Okay. Now, let me deal with this before Kojo, mm -hmm. you know, talks about the infrastructure mm -hmm. side of things. Mm -hmm. um, like I said, it's good it's gone there to do escalate um, all the bodies that got involved to mm -hmm. try and de-escalate the situation. Mm -hmm. But like you listed we've had too many of these incidents mm -hmm. now it's all well and good that there is a very 
obvious attempt mm-hmm. to improve the police services image mm-hmm. and the community relations that mm-hmm. exist. Mm-hmm. But we also need to see it in the acts because mm-hmm. when you go about these obvious PR campaigns to mm-hmm. become more public facing, interacting with uh, communities, meeting citizens and talking to them. And then the very next day you read that a situation that requires conversation rather than force, force is still being applied. Then you are asking yourself, what exactly are you doing? Mm-hmm. Because the PR campaign is not being met at the training side, at mm-hmm. the implementation side, if mm-hmm. you get what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that is what needs to change. I, I don't want to repeat conversations we've had on this show, mm-hmm. uh, repeat Professor Kusinin interviews, mm-hmm. repeat uh, Festus Abwaji interviews, mm-hmm. repeat uh, Intridansu interviews, and everything that we've said about the need to change how police manage crowd control. Mm. Because if the SOP standard operating procedure has been changed you should know that okay what is the situation Mm. islamic senior high school kids are outside Mm -hmm. protesting against roads Mm -hmm. age 16 and below Mm. likely Mm -hmm. what do we do in such a situation what can it will inform the what the logistics Mm -hmm. that you will take there Mm. we saw live rounds mm. being fired you can say we're warning shots how are you firing warning shots at teenagers mm. as a standard operating procedure mm. okay they need to work around these things it's not really cool mm. and i'll end this by saying this pips business they've changed the name now they say it's called pb ppsb what, what does that police mean? professional standards bureau there's nothing professional about anything they do there oh stop bernard bernard the incidents that you mentioned, the ten, which one of them have they given you a proper response to? Not, uh, not yet. Which I, one? I haven't them? heard. The only one I heard was that the the, the one, the, the Michigan one, they interdicted see, uh, three, the five police. But after three three months have elapsed, I haven't heard anything. You see, nothing public. Who's and who sees it through? Nobody. You, you understand? Mm. There has to be an independent verification of these things. Mm-hmm. And also, okay, mm. I will urge Parliament. Mm. And whoever is in charge of restructuring some of these things, mm. there has to be a civilian component mm. that dominates that. Co- that instead of just being police of, people, even if, if it's even if at the moment the composition is not just police people, they should include. It, sh- it should not be dominated by police people. Yeah, that body is not one. It should have a lawyer. Scratch it should back, ha- I scratch, scratch your back. back kind of committee that they do there. Mm. Nobody trusts. The work that committee so does. So, you think Parliament should insist on a more civilian, heavy? Because the police service is supposed to be supervised by them. Mm. Mm. You understand? Mm. They are the ones that work with civilians. Mm. Civilians must have oversight over the police exactly. when it comes to this particular one, mm. so that when those incidents come, mm. citizens know because citizens know how the police interacts with them. Yeah. It will make the police more accountable because mm. you know that if you misbehave and you are appearing before the PSB something there, yeah. you are going to meet a citizen. You yeah. are going to meet a, a fellow policeman who is interested in just defending their uniform. Yeah. But a citizen who is going to think that, okay, that could have been my child or that could have been me and will hold you to higher standards and make sure that the punishment is carried through. Yeah, right. You know, when, when I observed the Ayawaso West Wogon uh, Committee, when you listen to the questioning of the three 
you notice that when M. Short is asking questions, yeah, he asks from a different angle. When Mensah uh, uh, um, um, was asking, yes, and when the I for my GP is asking a question, he's asking from a different angle because probably he is a police person, yes. so he sort of understands the police you people. See, our the 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 thought towards that committee is that if you are not a policeman, you will not understand how police, police people work. Mm -hmm. So who are you to judge police work? Mm. But that is not how it's supposed to be. Mm. You understand? Everybody has common sense enough to know how police should work. Mm. Mm. Okay, mm. this situation here, that's occurred in Kumasi. Mm. We do not have the police manual in front of us. Mm. But Bernard, you know what happened there? Yeah. Was problematic. Oh, yes. Kokui here knows what happened there. Was problematic. Yeah. yeah. We do not require the police incident manual to know that we should have used manual A or manual B. And actually, when you read that document, at 97... And yesterday, Anas explained on the show, even that, they, they violated a lot of it. Ah. So, you, it's, you are right. You don't need to be too sophisticated to know no, that, that the way they approach the thing could have been could handled have been better. better. Right. So, that is the one thing I really, really want to focus on. Because, like I said, mm. a lot of the things on training we've said before, I don't want to repeat Sound these like things. Yeah, but mm. I will urge Parliament mm. and any other body that has their power mm. to force a restructuring of the PP. SB. Of the PPSB. That is what we need. That body must be at least 70% dominated by civilians. I'll, I'll leave it there. Thank you, Godfrey. 801 Tech and Social Media Trends coming up next. Brought to us by... My Vodafone Cash. If you've ever tried sending money urgently or paying a bill, then you suddenly get a message saying insufficient balance. Immediately, mm. the questions and calculations begin. Mm. On Vodafone Cash, we now have what we call Vodafone Cash Overdraft. Mm. You can still chop life regardless. Vodafone Cash Overdraft is a new service which is first of its kind. It allows you to complete your transaction by allowing you to access additional funds. Mm. Just dial star 110 hash. It's only on Vodafone Cash. All right. It's also brought to you by Cal Bank. Growing mm. your business requires more than thinking. Mm. At Cal Bank, we don't just think about your business. We support you and your business no matter how small it may be. Mm -hmm. Call us toll free on 0800 500 500. Cal Bank forward together. Daniel Cranting is joining us. Tech and social media trends on Tuesday. Good morning, Danny K. Good morning, Bernard. Um, Islamic SHS is in the trends. Yeah, at least uh, 30 students yesterday were rushed to the hospital after police fired tear gas. Hmm. Um, they were protesting and uh, demonstrating over frequent road accidents in front of their school. Police hmm. came there, decided that was the smartest thing to do. Hmm. Um, the parents later on stormed the school. Uh, the police yesterday released a statement that says their deputy regional commander mm. of the Ashanti region, DCOP, has been removed. He's also been interdicted uh, alongside two senior officers. So we wait and see uh, what happens from that. Mm. Um, the Black Stars are playing right now. Mm. Two red cards. Uh, two red cards. Uh, Wakaso is trending. He got a second yellow. Oh, Lord. And the other player who was sent off was Ali Dusaydu. Charlie. Uh, two Wakaso has also been sent off. Yeah, two people. We are playing with nine people. Nine men. Wakaso red card. They say Nihun Sao. No, but that's that's the conversation because it was a very interesting red card. He was already on the yellow card and then uh, his shirt was pulled and he went over to the referee to ask him why he didn't do anything about it. The referee says, you are talking too much, get off. Oh, Charlie. He sent him. So for dissent? Yeah, for dissent. Um, Benjamin Tete is also trending, hit the post twice. Wow. But it's still goalless. Are they playing better than the first game? Yes, they've played much, much better than the first game. But All right. uh, Ghanaians don't care. They've not scored, so mm. <laughs> Ghanaians don't care. Um, yesterday, there was a... Uh, Atubam is trending. I don't, I don't understand it, but maybe you guys can help me. Um, uh, this girl on Twitter, she's called Tima433. She asked what the key word for hug is. And everybody seems to be um, commenting at, Atubam. Atubam! <laughs> oh, Charlie, Atubam! This guy, pa. It's what? 
Uh, like when you have your child, Atu Bam. Oh, like Atu. Yes. And yes. Yeah, no, Atu. I don't know the Bam. No, Atu Bam no, is the, no, that's the proper. Atu, but the Bam is when you hold the person and hold yeah, the person no, tight. I've never that's a proper hug. Yes. So this is trending. Yeah, yeah. It's Ghanians, also but Ghanians claim they don't have money. Look at the things they are doing. <laughs> <laughs> is that the, So that's the most important thing on people's minds. Like, no, this is what takes people's minds off the hardship. You're constantly thinking about You've got hardship. To, you, that's it. This is a stress reliever. So you're discussing Atubam. Abam, no. Sometimes use before I go. Now, let's see, a Google engineer, um, he came out, he says one of their firms, uh, AI, that's artificial intelligence, it might have its own feelings and says the AI wants to be respected. Um, Google has distanced himself from it. They said uh, there's no uh, evidence to prove that it's true, but... Um, the guy says that uh, they've developed it to the point where it's beginning to develop its own feelings. It can hmm. tell you what it wants and how it feels and things like that. So looks like the things we were watching in movies back in the day. Hmm. It's slowly, slowly, slowly coming into existence. That was taking social media trends. Join the conversation on the City Breakfast Show on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash city97.3. Twitter at twitter.com forward slash city973. And Instagram at instagram.com forward slash city973. With the hashtag CityCBS. The power of relevant radio. This is City 97.3. Something you did go around town. People who did go downtown. Some people did stand around. Twelve minutes past eight. City breakfast show. Anything you want us to know, send us a WhatsApp comment zero five four nine nine eight six nine nine six. Meanwhile, you can enjoy the exciting Father's Day at the Pedrosi Valley Resort with the luncheon in honor of His Excellency President John Ajekum Kufuor, former President of Ghana. It's on the nineteenth of June as he graces the occasion with his seasoned personality to discuss fatherhood with a wild selection of delicacies on the buffet table at the Sycamore Hall at an exclusive rate of three hundred CDs per head. Call zero five four zero one two five triple five or zero five four zero one two five 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 four or find us on social media at Pedrosi Valley Resort. Reserve a spot now. Remember, slots are limited. Father's Day at Pedrosi Valley Resort brought to you by Caveman Watches, Silver Hellcat, Mr. R2G, Tef, Gandur, and Accra Brewery Limited. Is that not what it's called? Is it Gandur? Yeah, Gandur. 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 Father's Day. Yeah. You guys need to celebrate it too. Oh. Uh. <laughs> you sit there. Oh, what's we don't need anything. Oh, oh, we don't need any praise. Oh, this is it. It's for you, man. Oh, it's for you, man. Eh? Okay, Why? Buy, buy something for us. 
that's for that one we will do. Mm-hmm. But men, come together and celebrate yourselves. We don't like. There's the, nothing wrong with that. You we, say we, you don't we, like we the discuss, accolades. We discussed we discuss it on Friday. We are, we are okay. I wasn't here. We are happy. So we are fine. All I'm saying is Father's Day is equally important. We need to acknowledge the good work the fathers do to raise their families. And there's nothing wrong with that. Okay, I'm five. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, people are always searching for convenience, a simple and easy life. And with Pukuya, you get that. Now, she's a virtual assistant for Star Assurance. Gives you the ability to be anywhere and still purchase or renew your motor insurance at any time. From the convenience of your home, your office, even the beach or the market or anywhere in the country, you can reach Pukuya. She responds quickly and effectively to your specific needs. Call and chat with her. WhatsApp number 0242 436160. Oh, no, no. That's 0242 436160 or dial short code star 713 star triple two hash. Enjoy a smooth and quick service. Star Assurance, your solid partner. And ladies, get your fancy hats ready because the UK Ghana Chamber of Commerce is having the first. Scott Ladies Day event in Ghana mm. is a celebration of the iconic annual UK cultural event. It's a charity fundraiser and all of the proceeds will go to the University of Ghana Medical Center mm. Medical and Scientific Research Center fundraising committee. Now the date is this Saturday the 18th of June at the Polo Court Gardens at 12 p.m. prompt. Mm-hmm. The dress code is hats ties and everything elegant. Mm. To get your tickets dial star 713 hash oh, sorry star 713 star three three mm-hmm. star two zero hash mm. to reserve and for inquiries call zero five zero one two eight eight five two zero you can also go to ukgcc.com.gh slash royal ascot for more information all right and do you want to deposit cash at your convenience yes. you can now do that at select zenith bank atms nationwide right. visit zenith heights tichy plaza and spintex road sunyani tamale and the ahojo branches of zenith bank to deposit your cash at a zenith bank atm it's fast it's easy and it's convenient zenith bank in your best interest and reserve at dodoa hills premium plot at dodoa today and secure gated community living with swag now, the premium plots have electricity, shopping center, gym and fitness, swimming pool, tired roads, and more. You can pay 5% of the total amount to reserve your three or four executive house located at Lord Legon. Spread the balance within three years. Call Dodua Hills 0540-633-569 or 0249-399932. City Business Festival continues in earnest today. This yes, week we're focused on the Ghana opportunity. Our guest on radio is Yofi Grant. Mm-hmm. He speaks to Michael Obodu about the Ghana opportunity. Ah. And then at 11 o'clock, Kukui will be hosting Yofi Grant, mm-hmm. Juliet Yasantoa Sante, mm-hmm. Mr. David, David Fosudote, and Jacob Brobe from APSA to discuss the opportunity called Ghana. Looking forward to that. Definitely looking forward to it because the, the conversation is broader than the usual. This time we'll be roping in what Juliet was speaking about with you yesterday on mm-hmm. radio, which is mm-hmm. the orange economy. Mm-hmm. So for those of you who want to know what the orange economy is and why it's important that we're discussing it, you need to tune into City TV at 11 a.m. Mm. for a very important discussion. And people can join virtually. People mm. will be joining virtually. And you can send in questions as well. So send your questions and ask about the opportunities that exist in Ghana yeah. for business, for investment, mm. and how we are selling Ghana to the world. Yes, very, very important, important indeed. Yeah. You've been the hottest for the third week. Charlie, at the third and last week, <laughs> in the hot seats. 
Oh, can you imagine? We you talk from six a.m. to one p.m. <laughs> no, but but you don't talk. I mean, you don't talk I that mean, much on the show. On you? I know you you do most of the talking no, here. I mean, but you know you're switched on. Let's put it that way. You're switched on for. Yeah, it's intellectually very taxing, yeah. but also very rewarding. Yes, it is. So yeah, I guess. Mm. You'll be doing the honest. We'll be doing the honest. Next week, we're looking at consumer markets. Mm. And I think that's a very important topic because, you know, in some countries, the the, the, the economy works in such a way that once people start buying stuff, things pick up. Mm. Here, when people buy things, things pick up. It's quite, quite informal. It's a lot of informality. We're going to discuss how consumer markets are changing. We're going to discuss things like shop shopping malls versus... Uh, uh, shops selling in street corners yeah. opportunities for people to add value to their products and all of those things that's next week so that's coming up next week as well so watch out for that one anyway so i'm back to the 15 things which hmm. have the highest price increases the lists. yeah and um i think we can both con- we can all conclude that we are in a a food and fuel crisis mm-hmm. right where food prices have gone up nine of the 15 were food six food fuel, fuel. in fact they call it the three f's we are we are in the era of the three f's where we have high prices of food high prices of fuel and high cost of finance some can even add fertilizer if you want to make it worse. But I think fertilizer is linked to food. So I, I don't want to, but like there's also high cost of finance because access to credit is very high because the rates keep going up. Because if the the uh, uh, policy rate is 19% and if you go through the Bank of Ghana da- uh, data, the average lending rate is over 22%. Right. So I, I think these are very difficult economic times and we are not getting... You know, when I listened to Dr. Sarkozy on Saturday, I was clapping for the guy. He was basically saying, you know what? The evidence we've seen of the 15 things with the highest inflation tells you that claims we've made about programs in the real sector are not true. Mm-hmm. And he also says, the focus of our inflation discussion should, should move from the Bank of Ghana to the Ministry of Agric, the Ministry of Trade, and the Ministry of Finance. He was very clear. He says those, says those two should be he, having he, a he conversation. Says, he says this: th- if there's cabinet meeting this week, they should call Minister of Agri, Minister of Trade, and Minister of Finance and say, "Guys, the BOG has tried to reduce inflation; it's not working because the stuff that is driving inflation have less to do with what they control and more to do with what you guys control, right? So, food, fuel, finance, Agri, trade." money those are the three big issues for discussion i just wanted to pick some quick thoughts i just want to do a quick experiment right so of the 15 items uh could you i guess if, if i look at your life i think number one you spend more on diesel in that because I, because i don't think mm. you buy grapes I, I don't think you buy i've never seen you eat grapes in my life so <laughs> I, I don't even think i don't even think <laughs> i don't even think and, 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 and the other point is that I bought grapes on Sunday. Let, let me let me make a clarification. <laughs> let me make a clarification. So the fact that these are the fifteen <laughs> items with the highest inflation does not mean they are the top fifteen drivers of inflation. I need to clarify. So they are the fifteen things with the highest inflation. But if you look at their weights and the the the, the, the amounts people spend on them, grapes may not be that like, important in the inflation conversation. Mm. But the second item will be very important. All right. 
And Kujo was the second item. So grapes diesel. Diesel is mm. very important. So whilst grapes has a high <coughs> inflation rate, it doesn't have such a high weighting. Neither does it have such a high like on this in, in this in this room. Probably you are the only person who eats grapes. And I, that, I don't remember the last time I bought grapes. So so you get my point. But all of us depend on diesel. Grapes. Let's just I buy I buy grapes. There is recent. Not recent. Okay. okay, no problem. How often do you buy? Grapes, watermelons, mangoes. So two out of those three are on your list. Yes. You For buy watermelon, if, if how much is how much is one bunch of grapes? Oh, I buy them from the farmers market. And what do you do with it? I take it home and we eat. <laughs> you Yes. <laughs> you. No, maybe, you maybe, maybe your son eats grapes by you. No, Kobna doesn't eat those. So you eat grapes? Oh, which which of the grapes? The green and then the red grapes. <laughs> Why don't you believe it? I don't believe it. <laughs> what? Anyways, yeah, we forget that. Fair enough. Just a quick experiment. Is your car diesel or petrol? The main car. The, the, main, the main car you use. <laughs> you are the main car. It depends on the city name. When you wake up and you check the diesel and there is no fuel. But your, your, your car is diesel, isn't it? Diesel and petrol. You also use diesel and petrol. Yes, I use diesel and petrol. But you use petrol. Petrol. Nathan, petrol. Yep. I also use petrol. <laughs> but you are making a point but that... But at the moment, I'm driving... Um, petrol more than petrol more. Mm. It was you making a point that diesel is not just for cars but also for factories. For factories, for heavy duty equipment, for generators. So diesel, if you look at diesel very well, economically plays a good role because all these big factories running gen sets are running on diesel. So if the inflation for diesel is eighty one percent, it suggests that the push through effect is probably worse. Yes, it hits more production. Mm. What do you think about firewood in inflation of 74%? Did you make sense of that? Fewer wood. They, they said fewer wood stroke, firewood. Yes. Um, you see, Godfrey was trying to explain something. Mm. He moved from gas to charcoal. Mm -hmm. Because gas prices have really gone up over the past two years. Mm -hmm. And if you go to the rural areas, we're encouraging them to switch to gas. There's the Sustainable Energy for All yes. program that we run. To, to encourage people to switch to gas. But as more and more people um, face the challenge of buying expensive gas and they are earning less, mm -hmm. they tend to go back to fuel wood. Mm -hmm. The other challenge is that the commercial fuel wood trade is also facing a lot of problems. Mm -hmm. You go to some parts of the north, some chiefs have vowed not to allow people to cut trees for fuel wood. Um, there are some places that. But let me ask a question. The charcoal business. If, if you were if you were cooking kinky in bulk, mm -hmm. will fuel would be cheaper to use than gas? If you're like doing like kinky factory, so if you're cooking for like hundred people, will fuel would be cheaper to use overall than gas? For uh, which reason more people move to fuel wood? A lot of the people I've seen cooking in bulk use fuel wood. Okay. There so, are some who use gas, but a lot of the people I've seen, especially so, so, in the informal space, yeah, they use fuel. Wood. I'm speculating now that. The higher price of gas may have forced more people to move to fuel wood, which mm -hmm. then has raised, which has led to higher inflation of fuel wood. It's, 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 it's not just that. The availability of the material also counts. Okay. The availability of the material. Mm -hmm. um, these days, some communities are really rising up against the charcoal fuel wood. So it's business getting difficult to get because it's, it's depleting the mm -hmm. environment. Mm. So that is also one of the things. So it's not just. Um, people switching from gas to fuel wood. Quick question for anybody. Does anybody use fuel wood in their house? No. What about charcoal? Sometimes for girls. 
Yeah, but that's very. <laughs> that's yeah. very so that's most 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 one use gas. Yes. Gas. What about you? Gas. Yeah. Gas. Yes. Gas. Okay. So we are very urban in our outlook. If I ask the same question in say Sunyai, still gas in the urban area, right? Yeah. But if I go to say in Kranza, still gas. In Kranza too. So what? But if I go to Adoye, village, still gas. Fewer wood and fewer wood um, and charcoal. charcoal. Okay. So the more rural you are, the more fewer wood charcoal. So uh, I'm using this to say that. The inflation we're facing is and not just an the, urban the, problem. The very rural people mm -hmm. may not necessarily buy, buy the fuel wood. Okay. They go to the farm and then they they cut what they have to cut mm. and then they 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 organize and bring it home. All right, That's fair the best of my understanding. So let's go to So you're saying fuel wood uh, firewood may be not such a big you see I'm what I'm do what I need to do for me. If you go to the Ghana Living Standard Survey or any of their surveys and then you look at what percentage of Ghanaians depend on which cooking type. Then that can help us make sense of this data. Do you understand? Because for now... Multi-dimensional... Yes, yes. Because, you see, as we speak, most of the discussion in urban areas is that's gas. That's, yeah. All right? So if we could get the percentage of Ghanaians who depend on firewood, then we'll know whether a 74% inflation year on year for me is... What, what does that mean for, for people's lifestyle? So maybe let's check that one whilst we move through. Uh, and then check charcoal as well. Because this studio is not a good approximation of Ghana when no. it comes to how we cook. This studio is not. All right. Listeners, by the way, how many of you use firewood? How many of you use fuel? Let me know. Send me a WhatsApp. We're trying to make sense of the 15 the items with the highest inflation year on year. Grapes, number one. Diesel, number two. Firewood, number three. Charlie, Kukui, I don't understand watermelon. Yeah, I I, I Why don't. Not? That's, like, that's have you bought? Uh, I, yeah, the last I bought a Do you do you buy some of these? Yes, things? yes, we buy. Okay, to be fair, what there's always there's always watermelon in my house. Uh huh. But I don't check the price. But do you buy them? No, that's why I don't buy it myself. But it's always available. Watermelon, watermelon. I remember when I used to buy watermelon at Saint Peter's, at that woman's place in 2013ish thereabouts. I could get watermelon for two, three, four, five CDs. I'm, 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 I'm just coming. Yeah. Okay. Now I started buying watermelon at the Amrahia Junction. You mean per slice or per the whole watermelon? The, the whole, no. Ah. Back then, watermelon at the Amrahia Junction. These days, one watermelon they will tell you twenty, twenty-five CDs. The ten ones and the fifteen ones are smaller small. ones. What is driving the price increase? Because you know, f do you know what, what worries me? Watermelon seems seasonal. Yes. yes. So, like, I went to the village last three weeks. When I was coming back, all the way from Sogakope to Ada, watermelon everywhere. Mm -hmm. Although the price was a bit high, there are times I see watermelon packed a lot. I don't know how they store it. So obviously, if it's seasonal, the price shouldn't be that high, unless they have a way of storing that when it's in the lean season. No, I suspect that the hike could be because there's a transportation element. You people have got to go and move it from the farm gate to the market and then to your neighborhood and probably to your house. Can we also then say more people are eating watermelon these days? Probably. Maybe you can, maybe maybe you can also make a um a demand outstripping supply argument. And we know what mm. happens when there's more demand than supply. Mm. But I think it hinges a bit more on transportation and the fact that fuel prices have gone up now you know that there's this almost arbitrary thing that some people do where they just slap the cost on so it could just mm. be i'm just so you're adding just transport guessing. you're talking of seasonality you're talking of the demand, the demand all because what i mean is the, the fourth yes mm. 
74%. That's crazy. I don't remember the last time I bought an average size watermelon for less than 10 cities. Mm. Yes. And I buy these regularly. In fact, watermelon, there's, there's somebody in So watermelon house. is your is in your top 10 things you buy? I, I buy watermelon every week. Okay. Oh, okay. Every what week. about you? I don't. For me, there's also watermelon in my house. Mm. Every yeah, week. Yeah, no, no. You don't? For me, it's bananas. Go for watermelon. I eat watermelon a lot. So, so even in this studio, we are majority. Watermelon is three versus two. <laughs> my food doesn't even come because I don't even take it. <laughs> no, I, have, I even have people who used to blend it. And, yes, and no, no, yeah, no, no. so watermelon is really good. I remember during the COVID period. Oh, yes, yes, yes. To be fair, during the COVID period, I even started, somebody told me to blend it mm. with the seed. So oh. not too often, but I think for a period, you blend with the seed and you take. I hear it was very good at, at that point. You know, COVID, we were trying all kinds of things. <laughs> so in 2020, I used to blend watermelon and drink mm. like crazy. But I don't know what's happened. Now let's come to petrol. Um, petrol is okay, sixty-two percent. This is global. We get it. And um, yeah, I, I, just, whilst you are searching for the fuel, there's another thing I need to check in Ghana. If you take a hundred cars, what percentage is petrol? What percentage is fuel? What percentage is gas? You see, you know, Professor Professor Enim says something that I think Kojo one day we should do, eh? where we can come up with the research points that are relevant to Ghana. Because trust me, he said something about stock to something, something for, 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 for products, stock to production ratios. I think some of the statistics we need in our planning in Ghana is like for every 10 cars, how many are diesel, how many are petrol, how many are gas. But that DVL can easily give us that and, data. But, and I'm saying that this is important statistic because if, for example, there's a shortage of diesel in the country, we should be able to say that X amount of cars are affected. Right, just like I ask about what percentage of people cook with gas versus um, uh, firewood versus charcoal, those data sets we need to use more often. Let's do your money and come back to the discussion. We're trying to make sense of the 10, the 15 items with the highest inflation rates year on year for May. Very interesting items in there. But if you're having challenges with your insurance company, and you're faced with issues such as delays, refusal to pay claims, unauthorized premium deductions, or any other thing. One of the best investments you can make for yourself and your loved ones really protects you. Now, the Ghana Insurance Association, or the Insurers Association, has set up the Complaints Management and Advisory Bureau to settle all insurance-related issues between users and companies. Reach out on zero, star, star 800 star 442 hash. Or call to a free number 0800-442-000 or send an email to complaints at ghanainsurance.org.gh. And if you're a fresh graduate preparing to launch your career, join the ABSA Ready to Work virtual sessions and help transition from learning to earning. Our team of experts will be live on our Facebook and YouTube channels on Thursday, 16th June 2022 to discuss how emotional intelligence and networking propels your career success. Remember, it's this Thursday at 10 a.m. That's Africanacity. That's ABSA. It's time for your money. It's brought to you by CBG. We stand with you. Mm. I see a glint in your eye. It means you are going to say something interesting. <laughs> I'm just going back to one of my favorite money principles, which is the Arigato principle. Arigato. I know I've spoken about this before. I forget what do it you, means. Do you say thank you when you spend money? Not when you receive all. When you spend or give money, do you thank the money for being spent and being given? I'm not that crazy. <laughs> 
it's a <laughs> it's an attitude and mindset to money. So I should thank money for spending. Yes, people are always happy to receive money, but we also forget to be happy when we are spending and giving money. Is and it? that yes, because that gives positive energy to the outflow of your money, which comes back to you in equal measure or even more. So when you're spending money, in Japanese, arigato means thank you. Arigato, arigato. So when you're spending money, if you buy something, if you're giving somebody money, just in your head, say arigato or midase. Like, you have to say, as you're giving and spending the money, thank the money as it's leaving your 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 possession and, and how is that going to help me it will come back to you i'm telling you bernard you have to be happy to spend so you have to thank the money as you spend it it's is difficult arigato apparently it's japanese yes it sounds italian ken honda is a japanese millionaire and money guru and he says that's one of the biggest tips so why does he, why does he send me money why does he send me money and thank me he could Arigato. If you meet him, you know, Arigato. Arigato your money. Thank your money. Yes, for being spent, not for receiving. <laughs> receiving too, yes, but when you're spending your money, Godfred, Kujo, Nathan, Bernard. The way I've been training is difficult. Say thank you when you spend money. Thank you. Yes, be happy to spend it and, and forget about it. <laughs> Join the conversation on the City Breakfast Show on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash city97.3, Twitter at twitter.com forward slash city973, and Instagram at instagram.com forward slash city973 with the hashtag CityCBS. Join the conversation on the City Breakfast Show on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash city97.3, Twitter at twitter.com forward slash city973, and Instagram at instagram.com forward slash city973 with the hashtag CityCBS. Got the clock ticking. Yo, tell me, I'll be 
be the number one secret weapon in Africa. I'm open for discussions. Now tell me. All right, we're still talking about inflation and the 15 items with the highest inflation rates in Ghana for May 2022. The lead being uh, grapes, of all things, 100%. Diesel, 81%. And then we had um, fuel wood, 74%. And then we had watermelon, 73%. Here's a long message I got. Dear Bernard, so as a farmer... And analyzing what you guys are discussing, what I can say about watermelon is that it's available all year round, but it's seasonal down south. So at the moment, it's coming from the north and other countries, so the transportation costs make it expensive. And even with those who are harvesting down south using irrigation, they are using fuel that is diesel or petrol and other production items such as agrochemicals and fertilizer, which has also doubled, if not tripled. Um, lastly, but last but not least, the fuel issue. I think government is trying to take in more income by making diesel more expensive because most heavy-duty trucks used by industry use diesel. Almost all production systems use diesel, and etc. etc. Okay, Farmadara, thank you for your comment. Let's read a few more comments on the issue of inflation. All right, this one says, I'm really glad you are talking about this today. Two years ago, I used to spend 400 CDs to fill my tank and that would take me for about two weeks of normal use mm. and he says i drive a ford ranger pickup by the way oh, and my God. salary then was two thousand cities mm. now i spent 950 to fill the same tank for the same two weeks um so i'm spending almost two thousand only on fuel every month my monthly salary is now two thousand one fifty mm. at this point i'm just living on savings I'm doing some additional galamsey on the side, but honestly, right now, nowhere cool. <laughs> Alright, this one says, as for the police service, I don't know, you want to inspect a car or driver's license, but the way and manner most of them stop you, it's as though you are a criminal. <laughs> this one says, good morning, Bernard. I supply fresh tilapia all over a car and I use diesel more. Alright. Mm -hmm. Another message says, charcoal is expensive. Hey, now 10 CDs charcoal can prepare Bangkok only once. Mm. normally i'd use 10 cds charcoal twice okay and it says that the corn dough and cassava dough too are expensive that's oboshi sending us that one a uh, concerned citizen says there's an ecg pylon on the motorway just before the ashaiman underbridge from the tema bound side is being washed away nothing has been done about it okay all right uh good morning bernard and team it's uh adam from tema he says yesterday i bought uh three cds worth of banana and i almost cried Hey, a finger of banana is now 80 pesos. So imagine how many fingers I got for three CDs. Interesting. Mm. Ama says, in Tamale, charcoal last year was between 35 and 40 CDs a bag. Recently, I asked of the price and it was 70 to 80 CDs a bag. Hmm. Mm. Prosper from Adan says, the increase in price of watermelon is because the Adan water is not that much. Adan watermelon, I think, is mm. not that much yeah. in the system because the rains didn't start early most of the watermelon you see are from burkina faso all right interesting so how can burkina faso be, be giving us watermelon burkina faso they are close to the desert anyway i have a problem yes um saturday mm -hmm. after the big issue i was on my way home when mm -hmm. i stopped by my junction to buy coconut kube mm -hmm. is three cities five cities hey I fought with the guy butu 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 because the previous week no because the previous week I had paid 
three Ghana CD 50 pesos at the junction at the Datu's junction and had fought over that one. So basically, you have a lot of time. No, but Bernard. So I asked the guy because I wanted him to explain to me how the team moved from how the team moved from three CDs to 3.5 in a week. In a week. Then the following week is five CDs. And he told me that oh, I bought the yellow one. And I said the yellow one, no, like is it from? Are they importing it from somewhere? He said no, but these days uh, they are bringing it from much further inland. So, you know, further down the coast. So mm. it's costing mm. them more. But mm. I was like, ah, Charlie Aloski. I had we used to have a coconut tree in our house. Mm. These guys will come and buy the coconut at like twenty pesos or so per coconut. Okay. As soon as he gets to my gate, you know, he's selling the coconut for three cities. <laughs> I wanted to collect the coconut I had bought. The guy had bought. Uh, for me. So it's because you know the original price that you sell to them. Yeah. Are you sure those who still give them coconuts do so below a city? I don't know. Maybe the, the ones that bring him from. Uh, the coconut they bought from your house. Uh, did you climb it for them, or they had to climb? They climbed it themselves. Yes. So how, how, how am I climbing? Yeah. Did you so think so about the risk involved and everything. Sometimes, but the coconut is for him. The coconut, ah. the coconut pricing. But the coconut is for you. So somebody better, climbed that tall coconut tree to as, go and forget bring it. the thing down. As soon as he put the thing in his wheelbarrow from my house to the gate, <laughs> he was selling it at three cities. But why didn't you climb the tree yourself to get the? But why didn't he also plant the coconut himself? Ah, ah which one is which one is harder to do? <laughs> to to plant a coconut tree and nature for twenty years, or to climb a coconut tree and harvest? What's wrong with you? Somebody selling coconut for twenty pesos and he's moved from three cities. No, I'm I'm I'm, I'm ah, trying ah, for climbing. Wait, I'm I'm trying between to let us between zero and two twenty pesos Bernard. for planting. Bernard. and between twenty pesos and three cities for Bernard. climbing. Bernard. It's transportation. Remember, oh, he's transporting Bernard. from his house to his front gate. Yes, he now Bernard. has Bernard. to use his energy no, but, to cut hold up, hold the coconut. Come down. We are buying coconut at a dollar. Godfrey, Kube, Godfrey. No, pay for a dollar. Less no, it's a dollar. It's less than a dollar. Pay two. It's a dollar. Ah, two, two. Pay me one dollar. Think about it. If you don't understand what I'm saying, me say pay me one dollar. Yeah, but why? And you give it Ghana. You talk with me one dollar. Question: If you were to give this same guy a coconut today in your house, how much would you give it to him for? No, but because they they tell you the how much they would even pay for it sometimes. Ah, so they even decide. Yeah, they even tell you the price it's because you are not a coconut grower. No, but Bernard, my point is you, you when see, you go to the coast to buy the coconut, I'm sure they have a higher price. Oh, I Bernard, I ne could be four CD, five CD, and then the yellow one especially, which is the nicer one. No, they tell you five CD. <laughs> but so so you are angry because you grow coconut in your house. Yeah, but Bernard, I, I just don't, you know, because the reason why I'm upset. Could you just climb the tree yourself and harvest it? <laughs> I tried, I fell. <laughs> Now you know why he charges three cities. On a more serious issues, note, Professor Eni says, so says something about the unsteady aspect of inflation, the dynamics of pricing culture. You see, I, 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 I'm not, I get Goffrey's point. There has to be some, there has to be some logic to the pricing. There has to be some uniformity. The, the, the way we price sometimes doesn't just make sense. And you know, he saw, he showed me three data sets. 2018, no world crisis 2020 covid 2021 22 ukraine he says in years where there's a global crisis and generally it's accepted that things are high the variations in prices in our market is just crazy he said in in some markets within covid prices varied as much as 100 percent so people are pricing just purely on the basis of convenience and i want to make money when things are stable everybody realizes that this is the price to go for so when people are hoarding or when people have a need to buy more things, people just raise the price arbitrarily. 
and he's basically saying that we have to study it better. And I coming back to Godfrey's point. If last week the thing was three to the and then next week is three to the fifty pesos, there's been no change in the economic circumstance. He's probably using the same old stuff. Yeah, he's got it to force but because to maybe somebody has told him that Charlie, when I went to the place it was more no, it's an opportunity to cheat. Maybe one of these is when we get time. Let's talk to former national best farmer, who is the president of the Africa Coconut Alliance. Um, what's his is name? Is an alliance? Um, oh, is a Davis, huge Davis, Davis Corbo. Is a huge See, industry. I was trying to, to start God, I was business. trying to explain something to you about the coconut thing. Explain it to me. The boys who move from house to house mm -hmm. to buy coconuts from our trees, they are aggregating the coconuts in the urban areas where you have coconuts, mm -hmm. right? Yes. There is a risk element of how they have to climb these trees to bring the coconuts down uh -huh. and then gather them, put them on their wheelbarrows, pull these wheelbarrows all day through the sun, okay? If they are going to mark themselves a daily wage of, say, a construction worker, 80 Ghana cities, and they have a 100 coconuts, spread the 80 Ghana cities over the 100 coconuts, the tolls they will pay the assemblies. Which when tolls? You, oh, ah, you think people don't go around to collect money from them? Could you calm down? Listen. Oh, no, no, I'm you, calm, no, 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 hold it. Perfect. Because no, this one, no, no, hold on. Let, I actually let me go even, to the next. No, you calm, no. calm down. No, because calm this one, I'll take you on. No, no, hold on. Because I've actually done a documentary on a, a, a day with a coconut seller before. Uh -huh. Hey, oh yes. <laughs> then this thing, you, which is why you're angry. When my office was at East Legon, yes, you did a day with a coconut seller. Oh, yes, because there was a chap who used to sell coconut in front of our office. Okay, a post gun. Okay, mm. I remember. Right, I remember. Wheelbarrow. He's so we, we just used to buy coconut for him. So I decided that let I, me let me follow let the me guy. Follow this guy for a day. Yeah, mm -hmm. but uh, this guy would sell in front. Just in, he doesn't move. Yes. So he comes to ask me, "Can I sell here?" I said, "Feel free." Yes. Three wheelbarrows. Uh huh. Of coconut. How yeah. many coconuts? Sometimes forty. Yes. And all will go. All will go three. All will go one twenty. Calm down. Take your time. He's doing analysis. So I asked him, yes. "Where did you come from?" Wait, he, he used to be a mechanic. Listen to in the Ashanti region, mm -hmm. moved to Accra to open a shop here. Good. It didn't. It wasn't named was mm -hmm. So somebody told him about the coconut business. So he started doing it. Uh huh. Now where he was, he has two other sales points where he has two boys mm -hmm. doing the same thing. I went. Hold on. I went to his house mm -hmm. in the course of that. But he was putting up a store building. Mm -hmm. Hey, you are lying. Bernard. Yeah. No, but Bernard. Not, I'm not saying like a massive uh, story building. Where? Like, um, it's a two bedroom. Like yeah, but it's up and down. It's up and down. Was it, where, where was it? No, uh, KB Clare, down the K road. Oh, okay. KB Clare. Mm. Yeah, KB Clare, down the road, on the mm -hmm. left side. So this is a coconut in the yeah, It wasn't complete. You know, it was there, but he, that's where he lives. Is he the caretaker or the builder? Ah, what are you talking about? His house. Why can't he be the builder, the owner? I'm because of the little margins. You would let him explain. But it's volume. But the, yeah, exactly. The listening. point is, and the point he was making good business. And he wasn't paying no toast to nobody. <laughs> that guy was on front of my office rent-free. He's a cocopreneur. And if you mess up, he'll move to a different location. Now, so, in Dan so, Suman. So, hold perfect. on. Are I'm coming. Done? I'm not done. done. Now, in Dan Suman. Yeah. The largest coconut guy there. Mm -hmm. He's called Kofi Frank. He's a Kaikari. Everybody who lives in Kaikari knows him. Mm -hmm. He sells coconut out of a blue Kia truck. Okay. He parks it at the Kaikari. So, he has a dance. car. Yes, a truck, a mini truck. Okay, then the guy is a monster. Diesel, maintenance, capital cost of getting the truck. You see, we are overlooking certain elements. And you're talking about this guy who is building a house in Kaybilly, Claire, using him as an example. No. How many of the coconut boys are building that two uh, bedroom house no, at Kaybilly, Claire? Now, so, so I was trying to give you one leg of the coconut thing. That somebody came to your house you to pluck coconuts 
and as soon as no, you wait, you I think he hasn't finished making the point. So when you finish, I'll give you the chance. Yes, I'll give you the I want to understand his angst. First level is that you you plant coconuts. Second level is that you spent a whole day with a coconut seller. Yes. So you have some insider information about now, the way they work. Now, if you've noticed the coconut business, mm-hmm. you know, and Mr. Krobo can join the conversation anytime he wants. Mm-hmm. Have you know, the business is growing? Yes. Have you realized that there's a significant interest now in? People who sell coconut, like I've even seen branded everywhere. I've even seen branded oh, yes. coconut outlets. Outlets now. they sell with ice water yes. and everything. And yes. those things come just like that. No, I'm not it's saying it's an so. investment. Yes. Something yes. goes in, but so you, you just don't say the co- look. The I've coconut so. even coming down from your tree mm-hmm. to that point for the boy to sell to you. There was effort that went in there. But let him finish the point he's making, then I'll come back to you. So, what's your argument? No, Kojo wants to talk to me about price build-up. I don't mind that. Yes. But I'm saying the price build-up that has been put in, in the coconut. Not everybody sells coconuts. They, those who move around with the wheelbarrow. Yeah. Right? So, basically, they buy the coconuts, they put it down. They go around, they carry it. They move around. Uh-huh. He says they are being taxed. They are being whatever. I'm just saying the price builder. It still doesn't there, explain. It doesn't explain the difference between the, the cost price between the cost price and then the final selling okay, price. Let price. Okay, let me see if I can explain now from Swedro mm-hmm. to Accra. Okay, you go to the farm. Mm-hmm. These boys don't do the farming. Mm-hmm. It's somebody who has bought land, mm-hmm. invested in a coconut farm, mm-hmm. keep staff who maintain the farm. Mm-hmm. They harvest and these people will go and buy. Mm-hmm. Let's say you go to the farm gate and you buy for even fifty pesos. Mm-hmm. Okay. And your Kia truck mm-hmm. can take, say, 400, let's, let's say, 8,000 coconuts, right? If a year ago, you were buying fuel for 500 cities, mm-hmm. now you're buying your diesel for 1,000 cities. Mm-hmm. So you spread that across. Mm-hmm. The three police checkpoints you get to, mm-hmm. you will pay. This thing we've been told. Mm-hmm. How even the police contribute to f- uh, yeah. food? Uh, Every f- checkpoint has... Mm-hmm. Now, when charges. they get to Accra... Mm-hmm. The box sellers will bring it mm-hmm. and then redistribute. Yes. And so the box sellers also sell at a different they price. They bring it like somebody behind the box sellers. Here the, the box would, people also sell the coconut. Too. Yes. So if the so the box seller got a fifty pesos. No, assuming they, they brought it for fifty. So when it comes to the large point, when they bring it. Mm-hmm. And these boys with the with the push trucks and the wheelbarrow go now for their consignment. Buy from the box sellers. Mm-hmm. And then go into town. So let me now, ask you a question. If the box seller got it for 50 pesos, how much will you give it to the guy in the whole barrel? Let's just say they will sell it for a CD. So maybe double the price. Yes. Mm-hmm. Let's just see. Now, this whole barrel boy mm-hmm. will be able to lift about 100. I'm not sure they can sell 200 in a day. So let's say 100. 100. Mm-hmm. If you are paying your laborer on a construction site, 80 mm-hmm. CDs a day, mm-hmm. and you are going to assume that this person should mark himself 80 CDs a day, mm-hmm. you are spreading that 80 CDs over the 100 coconuts. Mm-hmm. What and does he, it come to? Which means he has to get at least two CDs per coconut. Because he got for one CD. One CD. So he has to get at least two CDs per coconut. Okay. So he's basically saying that to earn a normal living wage... this is the wage, minimalist calculation so of... To earn a normal living wage, for the, hundred, for the hundred coconut he has, he has, to, he has to double the, the price. Every day, and the ricks, and, and don't forget the, the actual coconut is that cutting the coconut... It's not like the thing falls from I'm the coming tree, no. There's it, a, it the, cutting the coconut and removing the head is a specialized skill. Thank you. Which... If you try, you cut your fingers off. Mm. I can do it. <laughs> yes. Now stop radio and go and do coconut and make money. <laughs> if you think coconut can let you build a house and can't be clear easily, just go and do Why it. is the thing make you vex like that? Yeah, why are you upset? No, he's, why, he's why, trying are, to are you say that business? I'm not in the coconut business. But don't, don't, you, I, don't you agree that yeah. there are problems with the way we price in Ghana? There are problems. There are problems. But, but, but 
there, there, there's something I worry about. Mm-hmm. That sometimes you think that these hawkers and these people on the streets are making so much money, trying to fight the elements and defying gravity just to uh, make ends meet, are actually cheating. But us. we are aiming at the wrong part of the value chain. Cheat. The people who actually make the money are those who go to the farm gate and exactly. collect. So in the example you give, the guy with the truck capacity to buy a thousand. Who can go to Tengs Wedu Farms and say, Mamma with 20 pesos? Umpa, fat Even that we forget that the guy with the track capacity, no? Yeah. He needs capital. Kojo, we agree on all that. But Kojo, it, this is proven by research. Kojo, we get all that. But this is proven by research that farm gates is where the cheating starts. That's, yes. So if that one is not me who's saying it, you can do ask any I economist. Agree. The farm gate is where, when they go. So in your example, he may give the farmer 20 pesos per coconut and say, I'm going to collect all your thousand. If you like, take. If you don't like, don't take. He comes to Accra. He can sell it for three cities. Do you understand? And that three cities, the guy who's, in your example, they only sell for 3.5. So your guy who's, the guy government is aiming at, is probably going to get only 50 pesos per coconut. But the farm gate guy has gotten almost two cities, 70 pesos for each coconut. So maybe the farm gate research is where we should go. Nathan, let's hear some quick comments on this matter. Well, Fanwell from Article says, mm. there's this young Kube seller who comes to my area in Article. <laughs> He recently showed me pictures of two chamber and holes he's built somewhere in Gomwa. Says it is real. So join the fun. Bernard, you will see me soon. So I'm saying. So I'm saying. Join the join the right. join the thing. Okay, David Kofi Senanu Kulevome, I think, mm? says with the way prices are going, don't you think the government should step in to control price? Says we are choking. Mm. All right, this one says I just came back from Accra. Mm. I just came back to Accra from Afram Plains. A watermelon sold for five CDs in Afram Plains sells for twenty-five CDs in Accra. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, this one says, please tell Godfrey he hasn't seen anything. This is how farmers suffer because most of the produce is perishable. They give you the price they like when they come to your farm. Kensen from Kaswa Senda. Mm-hmm. All right, a few more comments coming through. All right, okay. Farmer, uh, Farmer Dara's message we've read already, mm-hmm. and it says, um, "Whatever you buy in Accra, you are indirectly paying for the seller's rent, bills, etc. That makes commodities expensive in Accra." Let me end with some of the other items on the list. So yes, coco- but coconut was not on the list. So at least uh, coconut was not on the list. Uh, there, there are a couple more on the list that I just wanted a quick comment. Washing soup, 60%. Mm. And this was described as local. Gas, 60%. Not surprising. Maize and condo, both 61%. And if you think of the staple we eat in Ghana the most, maize is very, very... Kenke, Banku, cocoa. So maize, 61%. Condo, 61%. is very serious. And then this affects availability for chicken feed as well. So the maize issue... So I think maize is like diesel in a way. The way diesel affects all sorts of mechanical movement. Maize is like the basic for meal. So once meal goes, maize goes up, everything else goes up. Wheat flour, 57%. I was baffled by wheat flour because they describe it as local. Mm. So I guess the meal is local, but the raw material the mm-hmm. millers gets is foreign. So it shouldn't be surprising that wheat flour is 57%. Avocado pear, 54%. Thought that was quite interesting. Do you have a large pear plantation in Ghana? Um, there, 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 there are projects like that. Mm. If you go to the Chebi area, there is this. They call it the green gold. So mm. there is a huge mm-hmm. nursery where they are raising mm-hmm. seedlings for plantations. So, so pair fifty four percent, vegetable oil imported fifty three percent. Not surprising because of all the reports about Malaysia and things. But groundnut oil, which is local, fifty three. Because my other challenge is that 
we can't really see a difference in, in so like vegetable oil is 53 percent you think that an alternative being granite oil should be much cheaper but it's also 53 percent mm. so the behavior of imported and local is the same margarine is imported 49 percent so the, the local production we need a way in which you can lower the price by making cost of production cheaper if we can bring cost of production down then the advantage of local production sets in because the economies of scale are too low people are producing subsistence and this is why we say if you have a large farm let's assume you have the, a, a pineapple farm the size of say 12 acres or 30 acres you can easily bring down the price but if your farm is small, Nathan's farm is small, Koki's farm is small, you know, it's difficult. You don't make that much. So we, we need larger scale farming to bring down prices. Anyway, thank you for your comments. Let me, bring, let me tell you something quickly before we go for our next segment. And the next segment is with uh, an interview with Yofi Grant of GIPC on the issue of the Ghana as a destination. But are you still sending group contributions to someone else's personal wallet? How do you track an account for contributions and the funds from your fundraiser? Welcome to Chango, your platform of trust. Chango keeps track of all donations and gives you the power to know exactly where the money goes. Call 0270-066614 for more information or go to changoapp.com for more information. And you can enjoy your MTN simply by using Momo to purchase your top-up or credit or use the My MTN app. Purchase from a vendor and get your 100% bonus. Remember to demand the same value when you buy. Retailers who do not comply will be sanctioned. MTN everywhere you go. And do you know that by updating your Ghana your bank account records with your Ghana card, you're not only ensuring that all your financial transactions are linked to your identity and information source, but you're also helping to ensure the safety of our financial system. That's why from the 1st of July this year, the Ghana card will be the only identification card that will be accepted in undertaking transactions at all banks in the country. Update your bank account records at your respective banks with your Ghana card details. Your Ghana card is your guard, so speak to your bank to find out how to conveniently update before July the 1st. And HZ Auto Servicing, in collaboration with Hallmark Oil, have in stock an array of quality Havoline lubricants for your car engines. There's a one-month warranty to all spare parts that we provide, and our seasoned mechanics are on hand to offer you free technical advice on the maintenance of your vehicle. For bulk purchase, call 059-420-5353. You can also locate HZ Auto Servicing Limited at Medina Ridge Junction and call them on 0240-202-828. And the Electricity Company of Ghana Limited wishes to inform our cherished customers and the general public that we will conduct an audit of all of our meters soon. As part of this field survey, teams of ECG officials will be deployed to update customer information. All customers are being given a moratorium of one month to report to any district or regional office from 7th June to 6th July 2022 for rectification of the underlisted issues. Postpaid customers who have meters but don't receive bills, prepaid customers who don't purchase electricity credits, customers whose meters are faulty, customers who have bypassed or tampered with their meters and are therefore not paying the full cost, and customers who have engaged in any form of electrical illegality. Note that after this moratorium, customers who are caught stealing electricity will be charged for stealing in accordance with the law and their names will be published widely. Mm. 
Mm. Yeah, it's back to school time and the usual fee-paying wahala has begun again. Well, Bank of Africa has introduced BOA Pay. You can uh, have the flexibility to pay fees with your phone or on your computer, at the comfort of your home or in your office. And it goes straight to the school's bank account using your mobile money wallet, credit or debit card. It's easy, it's secure and very convenient. Go to any Bank of Africa branch or call 0302-429-333. Let's go digital, let's go cashless bank of africa the african bank with global reach still talking about miss cookie yeah she's a savior in the kitchen mm. in the past you have to go to the corner store and buy your onions maposhito, garlic ginger etc but right now miss cookie has a hundred percent natural ingredients they've been carefully selected peeled and blended into perfect mixes for various meals so you've got pure ginger pure garlic a mix for marinating chicken meat kiliwele tilapia for stew soups and more miss cookie is available in single use packs just pick one from your freezer and cook call zero two zero zero three six five nine nine seven to order and delivery is free miss cookie is located opposite the absa bank at american house or on facebook and instagram let me end with a longish one from somebody anonymous bernard inflation tends to cause itself once the fundamental causes are unleashed even if some of these causes are reined in the increasing trend would continue because Inflation expectations are heightened as people do not believe in the disinflation measures. This is called inertial inflation. And it's not easily managed with orthodox monetary policy unless the policy distortions are resolved. The structural imbalance which caused the inflation have inherent propagation mechanisms that reinforce the inertial inflation to be self-sustaining. It's a fight for shares by economic agents underpinned by invisible hands. That's a sobering one. We'll take a break. When we come back, we're talking about the Ghana destination as part of week three of our City Business Festival. Yofi Grant is our guest. Michael Obodu is the host. Stay with us. This is the City Breakfast Show. The city's biggest conversation. Join the conversation on the City Breakfast Show on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash city97.3. Twitter at twitter.com forward slash city973. And Instagram at instagram.com forward slash city973. With the hashtag CityCBS. This is the City Breakfast Show. The city's biggest conversation. to another edition of the City Business Festival. All through the month of June, we'll be bringing you interesting insights that can help you boost your business um, as part of the festival. And this week, we are focusing on investment in Ghana, the Ghana opportunity. And we have with us none other than the man whose job it is to bring investments to Ghana, whose company that he works for basically is backed by law to attract investments to the country, and we have the CEO of the Ghana Investment Promotion Center, Mr. Yofi Grant. Hello, sir. It's good to have you on the show. Good morning, and thank you. It's my pleasure. It's really my yeah. pleasure to be on the show. I wish the viewers could see how sharp you're looking. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. So, 
So uh, I'm sure as usual, you are globetrotting, trying to get us some investments. Where are you now and what are you up to? Well, I, I am actually in Abidjan, Cote d'Ivoire with the president at the Africa CEO Conference, which is a platform that brings together um, African private sector um, CEOs and uh, government officials. Um, uh, and it's, it's quite a commendable gathering. Um, at least all the who in who in Africa is here. So how much are you looking at bringing from when you're done with that program? Well, it's like, like <laughs> I think, uh, the investment business is not like you go to a shop and then pick what you want, pay for it and walk out. It's a, a process of uh, attraction, um, then facilitation, and then aftercare, onboarding, and then, you know, ensuring that you have a, a sustainable relationship. And that takes time. So the, the, the important thing is that you meet people here who might be interested in an opportunity in Ghana. That's one. Secondly, you can get some other business people who do business in the region to be interested in investing in Ghana as well. Hmm. Uh, so there are two different categories of people that you, you try to engage. But beyond that is also the broader um, opportunity of where Ghana is and the, what the positives of Ghana and what it offers to the investor, the general investor, who then might want to take advantage of the opportunities are, that are there and build relationships. Hmm. I see. Now, I'm sure you, you're very familiar with the recent report from Fit Solutions that ranked Ghana as one of the best in terms of investment uh, countries to invest in in sub-Saharan Africa. I'm sure you were very excited by this information. Well, um, yes, it's good news, but excitement not quite because I've always known that that Ghana is probably one of the best places to invest in Africa. My excitement will come when I actually see those investments happen and um, see the partnerships and linkages for trade that will come thereof. That's the better excitement that we seek. And I dare say that um, that is where we are aiming um, to get to. So we, we are at least um, happy that that recognition is given. But the excitement mm. when we actually do see um, the businesses actually engaging and growing out of investment, foreign direct investment. All right. Since you are the pro when it comes to investing in Ghana, help us understand how well is Ghana doing in terms of achieving its targets and investments? Well, we, we are doing um, relatively well. And that is why we got the recognition of being one of the best places to invest in. Um, the interesting thing is that Ghana itself, uh, and I keep saying that if I were not Ghanaian and I was looking across the landscape of Africa, I would think that God lives in Ghana. <laughs> uh, <laughs> first of all, here's a country that is in the center of the world. Uh, we are the only country on latitude zero, longitude zero. So we technically are in the center of the world and we have a 360 view of how we should engage with the world. And that is why we engage with, I mean, partners from all over the place. Um, mm. But also we recognize um, certain freedoms and rights and we are very particular about um, improving the comforts of life, no matter how hard it is, especially post-pandemic and, and all other external factors which are affecting our economy. So those are the important things. We are in the center of the world. We are English-speaking. We are plumb right in the center of West Africa. Um, but beyond that, we have certain um, positives which have resonated pretty well, both historically and current. I mean, Ghana being the first country to gain sub-Saharan Africa, um, independence in sub-Saharan Africa, in itself is a pedigree that is worth 
you know, flashing out that, hey, this is a country that's on the go. It's a country that many years ago um, didn't just accept what was the status quo, but took a step forward. And many years after, um, I'm happy to say that Ghana once again is in the spearhead of the whole idea of African economic and financial emancipation. Um, and that has, because Ghana's active engagement in that whole uh, conversation and equation, um, we have the headquarters of the AFCFTA here, which means Ghana is um, practically in the driving seat of African industrialization and upping up and bumping up intra-Africa trade, which is very important in changing the fortunes of the continent. So that's uh, the second layer. The third layer is that this is a country that is opportunity-rich. Um, and I say God lives here because almost every important mineral resource you can think of um, has a bit in Ghana, from lithium, which we uh, we recently have seen at the Ewoyim, uh, is that the name of the place, where there is um, um, a company, Atlantic Lithium, prospecting to see if, I mean, we can get commercial quantities of lithium. And Africa and Ghana might be the biggest uh, exporter of lithium with estimated 2 million tons annually. So that in itself is important. Then, of course, we are oil and gas. We are currently doing um, a little bit shy of 150,000 barrels per day. But we have the potential to bump it up to some 500,000 barrels a day. Um, which and then move on uh, with further prospecting because we haven't actually scratched the potential of oil and gas in Ghana. And, of course, the oil itself is there, but the gas is becoming much more important uh, for energy and for fertilizer and for plastics and industrialization. So once we get to that point where we can exploit these resources, then we know that we are going to have a, a big tip upwards. But beyond that, Ghana has significant you know, deposits of bauxite, and the end result of bauxite, which is aluminium, is very critical for any developing economy. For the automotive industry, where Ghana is taking the lead um, in trying to set up uh, an automotive industry and um, uh, enclave in Ghana, um, to the housing industry, so aluminium is also very important for construction. Um, it's also important for many other things, for industry. And so we have bauxite, but what we need to do is to convert it to alumina, refine it to alumina, and then process it to aluminium. And then, of course, we have iron ore um, in the north mm. and many other places. Now, iron ore is important for industrialization. And once we have manganese, we have coal, we can join these things to create steel. Steel, as you know, has always been the foundation of industry. And um, if you look at the history of Europe, it was the rural coal fields and the other iron fields that brought about the real industrialization push in Europe. Not only in Europe, but in America. So Ghana <laughs> is well on that track. Now beyond that, we have about 60% of our landmass being virtual agricultural. And therefore, we have absolutely no reason but to ensure that we have food security by tilling the land. And that is why we've had all these very important policies. Now, the fourth bit is that Despite all these mineral resources, and I haven't even mentioned the others, timber, diamonds, you know, ornamental um, minerals, etc., and salt. Beyond all that is the issue that Ghana is, is actually changing the narrative in Africa. And we are changing it through policy and, um, and many other, you know, um, initiatives. I mean, I, I always try to tell the Ghana story um, with three letters, the three O's, opportunity, 
openness and optimism. I've just spoken about the opportunity that we are minerals resource rich, we are land rich. And even in comparison to the sub-region, when we look at human capital, we seem to have an edge. And, uh, and what has happened over the past few years is that policy directions have been set to actually transform the economy from what it was before, where we were just exporting our raw materials and resources and we didn't, didn't look like we needed a high-caliber you know, human capital to do that. And so um, what has happened is over the recent years, through policy initiatives, we've set in um, a policy of senior high school, free senior high school education, in fact, quality free senior high school education. What is that going to do? It's going to produce a cater of better healed, better educated young Ghanaians who can then take advantage of the opportunities out there and then create a bigger um, economy. You can well imagine that if the free senior high school program had income every year, our education pipeline was throwing out um, over 100,000 young people at the ages of 13 and 14 who at that level, at that age, didn't even have the maturity to be able to decide for themselves. They didn't have the wherewithal and the sense of maturity to decide themselves where the future was going. Um, and it was like, well, that's it for you. Many of them couldn't go back to school to improve their education because either they didn't have the money to pay or they just fell off and didn't have recourse to getting back. And yeah, many can- we do understand that these are very tough times and we'll be hoping to understand what your outfit is also doing to help despite the global economic challenge, okay. helping to drive traffic here in Ghana to help okay. us uh, take up or harness the various investment opportunities here in the country. But you are still listening to 97.3 CFM. This is the City Business Festival on a series. And we are speaking to Mr. Yofi Grants, the CEO of the Ghana Investment Promotion Center, GIPC. And from how he speaks, you can see he's clearly passionate about driving investments in the country. And we are hoping to understand the various opportunities that are available that investors can take advantage of. And Mr. Yofi, you've mentioned a lot of the policies that our government is putting in place. You mentioned the, um, the various sectors that have yes, potential opportunities. Yes, but tell us, which areas are actually attracting more uh, investments as we speak? Okay, well, I, I spoke of three O's, but I, I described two of them, opportunities, okay. openness. Now, the third one is optimism. And okay. I think it's important to highlight on that because mm. very often people don't understand um, the mm. relativity of that. No, okay. um, optimism is very key. And as you know, between 2017 and 2019, mm-hmm. Ghana's economy growth sadly to become one of the fastest growing economies in the world with an average growth rate of 7%. And even during COVID, when many countries, many, many countries were in recession, Ghana was one of the very few countries that had positive economic growth. And even post that time in 2021, when many countries were still riling from the effects of the pandemic, and now, you know, uh, what has happened, this conflict has come in further dampening economic growth. Ghana's economy grew at um, 5.4%. And the World Bank and IMF have projected that it will grow at an average of 5.2% in the next three years and above. So it's not all gloomy as it's been made to see. To see. Mm. Um, it's pretty attractive. And, and, and we're optimistic. And that is, I say, the stories of the three O's. We are very optimistic that if we stay the course, we'll get where we are going. Now, you spoke about, so what is the attraction um, for Ghana? When you put all these together in a matrix of factors, that's what the average investor wants to see. 
a place that is politically stable, a growing economy despite all the ravages of um, of the war and the pandemic, uh, an optimistic people who are very clear and have a game plan that they are going to execute. Those are the factors that before they even look at the real ground opportunity investors want to see. When they see that, then they are confident that at least this is a country that we understand. We understand the risks, therefore we can go in. And Ghana, as I said, is resource rich. But currently, we are seeing quite um, um, a groundswell of uh, investors looking at the services sector. And it's it's important to understand why. Most of people who come to Ghana see, compare Ghana to the sub-region. And, mm. and, and it's safe, it's livable. Um, it's uh, very accommodating. Our people are very accommodating. We are happy mm. people. And we have 365 days of sunshine, never mind the occasional rain, um, you know, storm that happens. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we have reasonably educated people. We are making the effort to educate more people. So those are the things that an investor would like to see, predictability within the environment. Mm. And so we are seeing quite a significant amount of them come into the services sector. But more recently, we are seeing some of them come into the industrial sector and uh, setting up um, small production um, um, units in partnerships with Ghanaian. And GIPC, our desire is that when we bring in uh, foreign direct investors, they actually partner with indigenous investors. Mm. Um, and we are, more, uh, we are more inclined to believe that we should have um, local businesses implant themselves in the global value chains of most of these foreign direct investors because that's where the real money is. Yeah, when you are implanted in the in the value chain, um, mm. so services and then that is why services seem to be growing. Services, um, logistics, and, and those are the things that we should plant ourselves in, realizing that there is a death of capital in this country, um, and therefore a lot of people, great entrepreneurs, who do mm. not have the to start their business, but they can partner and implant themselves into the global value chains of these foreign direct investors. And so we are even looking that as we are constantly reforming our laws, we better apply incentives to foreign direct investors who partner with Ghanaians um, to create their um, their businesses. And also those who enable us to uh, enable us to achieve the SDGs in the faster um, framework than we do. And to enable us to do that, the government itself came up with a a framework called the Ghana Cares Ubatampa Framework, mm. um, COVID Alleviation and Revitalization of Enterprises Support Program. And what this program has done, it's, it's in two phases. The first phase was to ensure uh, COVID alleviation um, measures. Mm. And if you remember, that's when the CAMBAS and all the other <clears throat> programs of government intervention, um, helping people, feeding people on the streets, making sure that uh, livelihoods were not lost by energizing industries to go out there. And that's how come we reject our beverages industry to start producing, you know, some of the meds, some of the things that we required to help us deal with the pandemic and, um, and all that. So interesting stuff, then. Um, we have to go for a quick commercial break. You're still listening to the City Business Festival on SCVs so on 97.3 City FM. We are talking to Mr. Yofi Grant, the CEO of Ghana Investment Promotion Center. 
helping us understand the Ghana opportunity and the various sectors one investors can look into if they are seeking to bring their money into the country. Please don't forget that the 2022 edition of the City Business Festival is mainly sponsored by APSA Bank with support from MTN Momo, MTN Business, Ghana Investment Promotion Center, GIPC, IT Consortium, and GESA. We'll go for a quick break and we'll bring you more right after. Please stay. The entire month of June has been dedicated to business on City TV and 97.3 City FM. The City Business Festival will give entrepreneurs, SMEs, and individuals the needed insights and knowledge to advance their businesses. Join the weekly business forums every Tuesday from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. live on City TV for discussions on various thematic areas each week, beginning with Week 1, Reimagining the Digital Economy. Week 2, Resetting your SME after COVID-19. Week 3, the Ghana Opportunity. Week 4, Consumer Market. Week 5, Agribusiness. Also, tune in every weekday morning for the City Business Festival on-air series on the City Breakfast Show on 97.3 City FM to acquire the information you need to kickstart, grow, improve, strengthen, and expand your business. There will be a lesson for every business with the City Business Festival this June only on City TV, 97.3 CDFM and on CNR Digital. The City Business Festival, proudly sponsored by Absa Bank and supported by MTN Momo, MTN Business, IT Consortium, the Ghana Investment Promotion Center, and Gersol. You're still listening to 97.3 City FM. This is the City Business Festival on a series. My name is Michael Obudu. This year's edition of the City Business Festival is sponsored by APSA Bank with support from MTN Mumu and MTN Business Ghana Investment Promotion Center, GIPC, IT Consortium. And guess what? If you're just tuning in, we are talking to Mr. Leofi Grant, the CEO of GIPC, who is telling us about the investment opportunities in Ghana. And if you've been listening all through the week, I'm sure you've had some great information on um, um, that can help your business, that can help you see opportunities in the country, that can help you also revolutionize your business. Now, Mr. Yofi Grant is explaining to us the various opportunities in Ghana. You've spoken about policies. You've spoken about opportunities. You mentioned that the service industry is driving good traffic. Investment is going there. But tell us about the industrialization. But you, We know that industries can help us employ a significant number of people. So what are you doing to drive traffic in that area? Or what opportunities are there that you're looking to harness? Right, okay. I was actually going to explain the, the, uh, a certain um, trajectory that the Ghana Cares Program does. Okay. Um, when I do that, it will tell you why um, industrialization is important. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also, um, bear in mind that we also want as many Ghanaians to go into industrialization. It's just okay. not for this. The Ghanaians take advantage of the mm. one, one factory policy. And as I speak, 107 new factories and some old rehabilitation, rehabilitated ones are in production, which obviously is better than having none at all. So the mm. policy has worked quite well. Uh, the intention is that we shouldn't just have one factory in each district. Mm. We should have one, 10, 20 factories in each district, mm. uh, but creating a better infrastructure to connect them. Now, I did mention a bit about the Ghana case. Now, the Ghana case itself identified certain areas for investment that will enable our economy build back better. Mm. Uh, I'll just go through them briefly. 
First of all, there's infrastructure. Infrastructure is important because if we build all these factories, we get agriculture going, we need to connect them. Mm. We need to connect them that there is access from factory gates to market. There's access from farm gate to market. There's the logistics in between to bring about security of the food, storage, hauling, and all that. And that is why government had in plan to put in over seven, uh, sorry, 4,007 kilometers of new railway lines and over a hundred, uh, sorry, over 11,000 um, mm. kilometers of roads to connect all these areas and connect all mm. these economies. Uh, but that is not enough. The other side where government is putting a bit of effort and support to the Ghana Kids program is agriculture and agro-processing. And I did mention that that is important, first of all, to bring food security, um, but also to create an exportable economy out of agriculture. And as I speak, I mean, I've been going through a number of countries. I know there is very significant interest from the UAE and the GCC um, you know, sector that's um, from Saudi Arabia right now through to Qatar, to Bahrain, and all that, where they're looking at Ghana fruits and Ghana mm. fresh foods into that market. And now uh, we've had engaged with quite a number of potential investors who are very key and clear also in that whole um, value chain. Um, some have even requested if they can have access to large tracts of land so they can actually do contract farming, that is get Ghanaian farmers to plant the products that they want purely for export for those markets. Already we, we've seen some Ghanaian, com- some companies that started in Ghana go global, like mm-hmm. Blue Skies. Um, yeah. We've seen Nix Coco. Um, we've mm-hmm. seen um, some companies, some that started from Switzerland, have been drying fruit for export and becoming um, very important to the economy. So those are the important things in the agri sector. Then, of course, there's housing and construction in the real estate sector. And the pandemic um, taught us that it was important to have a, a very strong social structure that is built on the architecture of society. And people needed to be housed because that was also important in, you know, um, curtailing any effects that can come from any pandemic that may come about again. When there are people on the streets, it's very difficult to help them and control them. But when they are housed, it's very important. So government has put a lot of emphasis on social housing and looking for investors into that aspect of um, our, our communities to, um, to build up social housing so that people are housed. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean that you everybody will own a home, but everybody mm. should have a home. Mm. You know, so that is another layer that is there. Then, of course, technology and fintech. And technology and fintech, because clearly, I mean, we all know that Ghana is on a very fast trajectory when it comes to the use of fintech in our financial sector. I was very surprised that um, transactions in fintech had topped almost 1 trillion cities. That's approximately $120 billion by the end of 2020. That is significant. In fact, Ghana has been listed as the third largest user of fintech. After China, after Kenya, comes Ghana. That's globally. So that's very important for us. And so the fintech area is another area where um, there are potential investors looking at. I mean, I have had to review um, at least three requests to build data centers in Ghana um, mm-hmm. for various reasons. That they think Ghana is the best place to position these data centers to serve Africa. And also recognizing that 
cryptocurrency and digital currencies are the thing of the future, and we will definitely get there. It's not a question of we ever. We will get there. The question is when. And so the important thing is to prepare. I mean, I'm sure you'd be surprised to know that Bank of Ghana, our central bank, is already trying out um, our own digital currency, the ECD. Yeah, the ECD. Especially we also, they've tried it, and it seems to be working fine, and very soon they're going to... That is how we're engaging into the global economy, on a digital platform. So that's another. Then, of course, health health is very important. And the pandemic, once again, uh, highlighted the shortfalls that we have um, in meeting mm-hmm. our health needs. And so government came out with a program, Agenda 111, uh, which is to build 111... Uh, medical facilities and health facilities across the country um, and, and make sure that there's access to um, health care as and when it's required. Um, so that should any pandemic or any such thing occur again, we'll be better prepared as a country. So those are some of the areas that are, are clearly in the focus mm-hmm. of government. But what mm-hmm. government is trying to do is to ensure um, the, the role of private sector in this uh, whole agenda. And so the, the Ghana Cares program was, um, came with a, an envelope of 100 billion um, CDs, of which government will supply 30 billion CDs, and the private sector and investment will bring in the other 70 billion CDs. And that means that we need to really ratchet up you know, uh, efforts in bringing in investors, both uh, investors to partner with the local economy, like I said, I, we recognize that the local economy itself is really strained and stressed for capital. And therefore, it's important that we bring in investments for partnerships and linkages. Um, mm. It's very important that we connect those dots, that when <clears throat> investors come and they partner with local people, because that is what is going to make us achieve some of the objectives that we have. And we also we use that as a, as a, a track into uplifting our game as business people in, in, in the economy and creates great businesses. Uh, the thing is, at the end of the day, you want Ghanaians to create wealth amongst themselves. Yeah. And so you, you just don't want us to be consumers of foreign goods. You want us to also mm-hmm. produce our own goods and export them. And with the current market of the AFCFT, we have a huge opportunity, a huge opportunity. Even the small medium-sized uh, producer would have an access to have access to markets in Africa tariff-free. That, that's true. Now you've spoken about the fact that the government is looking to drive investment to the agricultural sector, infrastructure, healthcare, and the likes. But I want to find out. You've also mentioned about the, the AFCFTA. Is there any deliberate plan to, for instance, um, attract investment from the sub-region as the after takes effect? Absolutely. Absolutely. But you must also look at the economic history of Africa. Now, this is a continent with a, a population of 1.3 billion people um, with a combined GDP of some 3.4 trillion. Hmm. But if you look at the resources of Africa, the continent is potentially extremely rich. But its people are significantly poor. That means we haven't monetized our opportunities very well. And therefore, the, 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 the groundswell of capital that you would expect from the continent for investment in itself um, has been found wanting. If you look at intra-Africa investment, um, it's somewhere around 5%. And that has, is why intra-Africa trade uh, prior to after has been um, a little short of 16%. If you compare it to Europe, Asia, and all, they are way above the 60s. So we ourselves don't even 
trade with ourselves. And, and, and that's been a bit of a stumbling block in creating wealth on the continent. Uh, mm-hmm. We have the resources, we export those resources, and then we import finished goods out of those resources. That cannot be a formula for wealth creation. We can't. I'm sure. I'm sure your outfits will figure a way around it to drive more traffic towards it. Absolutely, absolutely. I want to find out from you. You've spoken about the one district, one factory. Can you help us understand um, how, what's been the success rates with attracting foreign direct investments for uh, that program? And which specific sectors would you say have benefited from the investments? Well, you you see, like I said, when we started talking about the one district, one factory policy, um, it's important to realize that it was made to try and stimulate and energize local investments, right? So, I mean, indigenous investments um, with government, a bit of government support. Uh, These were not programs that government was going to do, purely private sector with government support and having um, 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 energized all the banks to support those programs so that local people can engage in it. But we are seeing quite a number of foreign investors come in to take advantage of it. Mm -hmm. um, and it's all manufacturing or value addition. We are seeing some in the agri sector. We are seeing some come into the housing sector. Um, we are seeing some come into the manufacture of small agricultural tools and, and uh, implements that can um, be useful in uh, to increase um, uh, our production and value addition in agriculture. So mm-hmm. we are seeing that. But um, obviously, it's a, I, I, for me, it's a major enabler of local enterprise that if we can get local people to engage significantly in the one to one factory policy, then mm-hmm. we have um, we we are succeeding in um, changing the formula of our economy from just exporting our raw materials into value addition. So far, significantly, at least out of the 107 factories that are there, majority of them are indigenous. Mm. But I also mentioned to you that the problem with domestic investment is the fact that the capital lack of capital. Mm. We haven't formulated um, till recently. We haven't really enabled capital formation within our local industry, mm. and we can go back through our history and track reasons why there was a time when there seemed to be a conflict between government and private sector, and mm. so um, in in the years of um, uh, of our political turbulence, we saw how private sector itself was decimated. Yeah. You know, but I think there's a, a totally different story today where government okay. is, is actually pushing and supporting private sector. I mean, there are many mm-hmm. um, institutions set up to the NIEP, NEIP, um, mm-hmm. GE, and the Ghana Entrepreneurship Agency Authority. I mean, all these have been made to push private sector, Ghanaian private sector, to be mm-hmm. the forefront of our industrialization drive. All right. Unfortunately, we are running out of time, but I have one final question for you. Mm-hmm. What would you say to investors who are concerned about the fact that um, inflation is at an all-time high in the country, lending rate is quite high, uh, there's a bit of an economic challenge in the country at the moment, to some extent due to some uh, global uh, events. What would you no, say I'm to some investors? Significantly due to global events. It's not to some extent. Significantly. And if you, I mean, I've been traveling and I've been going to places, the US has its highest inflation in over mm. 30 years. The UK has its highest inflation in well okay. over 40 years. Um, Canada has its highest inflation over 20 years. And mm. we're, see, we're seeing it as a trend, global trend. It's not just in Ghana. So despite all these challenges, why should investors bring their money to Ghana? 
Because you need to find a place where you can create wealth, you can create growth in your company. And in, mm. in most, I can tell you, in most of the developed countries, the returns you make are very limited, unlike mm. the African continent, where there's significant opportunity. Okay. And so the, the continent, and, and specifically Ghana, gives you better return than most places. I can tell, give you some statistics, um, global statistics on FDI. Africa mm. returns highest at 6.5%, followed by Latin America before Asia. And so the African continent itself is a great opportunity for global investors. And I told you, a lot of global investors are redefining how they did they, they, they their business. It's mm. no more um, the, the places where they were comfortable. They are looking for new markets. There's no bigger new market in the world than Africa. And so investors are looking at the continent. And in, in the continent of Ghana, there's no, uh, of Africa, sorry, there's no better place that most people would look to first before hmm. than Ghana. So we, oh. we should be proud of that and take advantage of it. No economy anywhere in the world today um, has had everything going well. Hmm. And a lot of the, in fact, even the major, more stable, bigger economies are really riling under the effects of uh, post-pandemic effects and, and, the, and the conflict in, in Russia. But at oh, least yes. our economy is growing, and it's still growing at one of the fastest rates in the world. That should tell you something. All right. So thank you so much. That was Mr. Yofi Grant hammering it down there that there's no other better place or country to invest in other than Ghana on the continent. Well, that will be all that time would allow us for this uh, today's edition of the City Business Festival on Air Series, which is sponsored by APSA Bank with support from MTN Momo, MTN Business, Ghana Investment Promotion Center, GIPC, IT Consortium, and Gesa. You just heard there, Mr. Yofi Grant, helping us understand the Ghana opportunity. If you've missed out on any of our previous editions of the City Business Festival on Air Series, please check out our SoundCloud account. You find the clips there. You can listen and stay up to speed. My name is Michael Obudu. Thank you for tuning in. Let's connect on Twitter at M Obudu. Thank you. Bye-bye. So that was another edition. Your figurant, he will be on the panel later today at 11 on City TV. Featuring uh, conversations around Ghana's attractiveness as an investment destination. We have David Fosudote, Juliet Yasanto Asante, Jacob Brobe, and Yofi Grant, hosted by Kokui Hansen. All right, let's talk about the Ghana Climate Innovation Center. It's a pioneering business incubator and accelerator with a unique focus on supporting small and medium-sized enterprises in Ghana's green economy. Now, the center is an institute of Ashesi University, which is one of Africa's leading liberal arts universities, with a mission to raise ethical entrepreneurial leaders with the courage to transform the continent. So they've been on this trajectory for a while. I have Ruka Sanusi, who's the executive director. She's here with Draman Nibukari, who's the director for partnerships Entrepreneurship and Investment at GCIC. Welcome to the show, guys. Thanks, Bernard. Look, it's great it's, to it's, see you. It's good to have you after, I don't know, a year, two <laughs> years. Thank you, right? thank you so much. Dramani, good to see you. How are you doing? I'm good. How about you? I'm blessed. Right. So let's talk about the climate change and the green economy. It's like one of the new buzzwords. So, And why should we care about climate change, green economy, and all those things, Ruka? Okay, Bernard. So 
I think you would have also noticed that, mm -hmm. you know, uh, weather patterns are changing. Uh, Earth, you know, is getting warmer. Mm -hmm. And um, really, it's because of the way that we live, how mm -hmm. we fuel our cars, uh, manufacturing processes, mm -hmm. um, the, the, the kind of food we eat, how we farm. Mm -hmm. And these are causing emissions, mm -hmm. right? And um, the downside of, the, of that is that they have negative externalities. Okay. They affect, you know, things like um, food security or food, you know, leaf food in, in insecurity. Mm -hmm. It's leading to things like um, people migrating you know internally and being internally displaced mm -hmm. that's you know leading to a rapid um urbanization mm -hmm. people are losing livelihoods so really when we talk about um climate action is is action to redress mm. um some of the negative ex externalities um, of climate change mm. and at the gcic we've chosen the business sector okay. as you know our avenue for that redress mm -hmm. and when we talk about the green economy mm. In simple terms, Bernard, what that just means is it's a holistic and integrated approach to managing the economy in the way that takes into account um, mm -hmm. climate change. Okay. So really, that, that, that's what the green economy is. Mm. Yeah. Let's talk about GCIC. What do you mm -hmm. do as a center? I know you are with Ashesi. What's your focus? What are some of your achievements for the past few years? Okay. Um, okay, I can take that. Mm. Um, GCIC is a business incubator. Mm -hmm. people, people might say, what's a business incubator? Mm. Well, in the same way there's a, a, a child that is born prematurely is incubated mm. so that um, and given support so that you know the lungs can develop and mm -hmm. all of the other vital organs can develop. We incubate businesses that are small and, mm. and, and that are growing. We support them with a whole range of um, advisory services, mm -hmm. um, technical support services, and also financial grants. Okay. And we, you know, we, we want them to to scale because we believe that you know many of them, because they're working in the area of climate change, they really mm. have the potential to transform the sectors that 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 they mm -hmm. operate in. And yes, we are part of a chassis, but um, our mandate here is to be a national business incubator, mm -hmm. um, supporting enterprises all over Ghana. Green enterprises. Green enterprises, exactly. Mm. Mm. Um, who have um, climate innovation. I see. Yeah. So you have an, a symposium coming up. Uh, let me come to you, uh, Dramani. So what's this symposium, Incubating Climate Innovation? And uh, is it an annual event? What's the purpose and what do you seek to achieve with the symposium? All right. Thank you very much, Bernard. Mm. Uh, so, Incubating Climate Innovation is an annual symposium of um, the GCIC. Mm -hmm. It's been running since 2018, mm -hmm. and largely the idea is to try and bring like-minded persons mm -hmm. around the table in order that we can discuss the way forward for growing a green economy in Ghana. All right. Uh, clearly trying to identify what are the uniqueness that... Mm -hmm you know, that, that pertains to the green economy of Ghana. Mm -hmm. What growth paths really can transition us in a very successful manner and sustainably to that creating that green economy. Mm -hmm. I mean, what are the specificities in terms of gender roles mm. and, and how can really the various gender, how can we maximize mm. the contributions of the various gender mm. that, that, that we do have? And Largely also we're looking at specifically what role can entrepreneurship mm -hmm. create mm. or contribute to this process you mm. know, of trying to build a green economy. Mm. So, so largely this is what the... the I, I like the idea intended. of incubating innovation. 
I like the idea. The fact that innovation has to be nurtured, incubating climate innovation. So your theme is building the green economy in Ghana, the role of gender and entrepreneurship. <laughs> gender, entrepreneurship, green. You know, it's like these days we are throwing a lot of words together. You need to explain. So climate is there, gender is there, entrepreneurship is there. It's like you've put them together into some theme. <laughs> Can you elaborate a bit on the rationale behind is there a gender dimension oh, to definitely. this whole conversation? Entrepreneurship is very genderized. Um, is it? Oh yes. Mm. There, you know, when our guests are there tomorrow, mm. we're, we're going to break break this down. Mm -hmm. But you see, the private sector is the engine of growth. Okay. Um, Bernard, as you know, I don't need to tell somebody like you that mm -hmm. the private sector fuels the, the economy, mm. and particularly the SME sector makes up, you know, eighty percent of the of, of, of Ghana's GDP. Mm -hmm. Now. What we also find is that because climate action, um, the business sector contributes negatively to climate change, mm -hmm. we need to get the SME sector also be part of that class of people mm -hmm. that are going to you know, um, adopt climate mitigation and adaptation um, mechanisms mm -hmm. so that we can mitigate against um, climate change. Mm -hmm. So we are saying, as we are incubating um, um, climate innovation, mm -hmm. entrepreneurship must be part. Entrepreneurship is, is part. The business class, the business sector has a role to play mm -hmm. in climate action. Mm -hmm. But we're also saying that we're seeing that you know, globally, male-run businesses actually do better in terms okay. of revenue and growth mm -hmm. than women-run enterprises. Okay. Now, with climate change, there are new business opportunities. Uh -huh. And we want to say that we want to close this gender disparity uh -huh. in the business sector um, and recognize that there is an opportunity to close that, you know, in, through this topic that we'll be um, de debating and discussing uh -huh. at tomorrow's symp symposium. So the symposium is tomorrow. Where is it happening? Is it open to the public? Is it too late to register? Is it virtual or in real? Okay, so uh, the program is tomorrow, uh -huh. 15th June at Kempiski Hotel. Okay. Um, arrival starts at about 9.30. Okay. Or we would have expected that our audience will be there at about 9.30. Mm -hmm. The event is unfortunately a closed event. So those uh, who know, know. Exactly. <laughs> so <laughs> so personal invitations have been sent out Already. to you know, specific individuals mm -hmm. to, to uh, in departments to attend. Mm -hmm. But it will be live streamed. If, yes, oh, okay, nice. Right on, on social media. Yeah, on social media it will be live streamed. Amazing. Tell me about some of the businesses you've supported already. If you, Because you've done how many cohorts? Is it five or six? Six. We are now in the SIF cohort. Wow. And uh, we've supported about 120 businesses so far since the inception of uh, GCIC in 2016. Mm. Actually, properly in 2017 when, when the first cohort started. So about 120? About 120 businesses. Uh, most of them doing very amazing things. I mean, mm. turning waste into products that mm -hmm. are usable, mm -hmm. you know, and, 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 and all of that. <laughs> Currently, in terms of the businesses that we support, for instance, we support a business that is into multi multi-crop treasure manufacturing mm -hmm. and, and largely the multi-cross treasure manufacturing allows for the treasure of multiple cereals okay and normally these treasures will be tractor powered mm -hmm. and, you know tractors have higher or bigger engine capacities and so the fuel consumption is very high mm -hmm. the innovation they have introduced is that they have introduced very small engines attached to these treasures and so mm -hmm. the fuel consumption is lowered they are looking to innovating that yet again into mm. electricity just so that they can fuel on say wow. solar systems mm -hmm. i mean great idea there we also have a business that 
currently is a fashion brand, mm. very luxurious fashion brand that's making a lot of waves across Africa. Mm. Uh, and of course, I think almost globally because mm -hmm. they are getting the global platforms as well. Mm -hmm. Now, what they're trying to do is that scaling up and getting to get all of this popularity, they're trying to go green in terms of ensuring that their processes are more sustainable. There's little waste in the process, the environment within which they operate is sustainable in terms of the the the, the, the processing center wow and then they are also trying to ensure that their waste really mm. can be you know turned into something much more useful mm. for, for so these 120 company. companies over the first five years look when you put all of this effort together mm. what kind of dent would it make in the overall private sector because mm. um a lot of it is informal Yes. You've been doing this for, you've persisted at this yeah. for five or six years. Yes. Obviously, if it wasn't worthwhile, you'd still be doing it. Mm -hmm. Are you, how happy are you at the change you've seen? And what, what sort of dent will the collective effort of these 120 companies make in Ghana's overall business mm -hmm. sector? Okay, I think the 120 entrepreneurs have done tremendously. I can mm -hmm. give you some figures. Mm -hmm. But I still, I, I want to just say that we still have a long way to go. Because 120 entrepreneurs, you know, it's not really mm. a lot of entrepreneurs when you mm. look, look at the number in Ghana. Mm. But um, our entrepreneurs, they have created over 1,500 um, green jobs. Wow. Um, they have raised revenue mm. of in excess of 4 million US dollars. Right. We ourselves have disbursed $2.6 million mm. um, to these enterprises. Um, they, they, they continue to sequ you know, sequester um, CO2 emissions. At, at the last count, it was mm. around you know, um, 20,000 uh, mm -hmm. metric tons, a, a little bit um, um, over that. Mm. And, um, you know, they, 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 they continue to grow mm. because, you know, we have a process of monitoring, you know, their, 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 and, and evaluating um, these enterprises. Mm. But... It's, it's amazing that the amount of interest out there because our cohort selection process is very competitive. You know, for every 200 applications that we get, maybe we'll only choose 20, 25. Wow. And even this year, you know, we have seen already, you know, hundreds um, mm -hmm. of, um, of um, people applying from all over Ghana. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we have enterprises in Ghana who are interested in, in, in green issues, who are interested in climate change um, adaptation. Okay. And there is also, you know, even among the financial services, you know, there are banks and non-bank financial institutions mm -hmm. that, that also are, um, have interest in funding green enterprises. Mm. So and I think that's one of the things that we also have to consider, um, Bernard. Mm. Apart from um, the enterprises themselves, what are we doing as an ecosystem? Mm. What impact are we having as an ecosystem? Mm -hmm. and, and, and I think... Um, um, this is one of the, uh, I understand that there's another mm -hmm. um, incubator that's working on green issues. They're mm -hmm. not national, mm -hmm. um, but, you know, I'm sure GCIC starting mm -hmm. has led other people to also think about um, climate smart incubation. Super. Yeah. Who are your partners? Our partners are the Global Affairs Canada. Mm -hmm. and they are funding the second phase um, of our work. We're very grateful um, to them. And you know we're very we feel very privileged that in the Ghana Climate Innovation Centre they have found 
a partner in which there's mission alignment, mm -hmm. values alignment, mm -hmm. and vision alignment. Because, as you know, Canada has a feminist development agenda. Mm -hmm. So, and they're also very focused on climate change and mm. climate action, mm. as well as entrepreneurship. Right. And those are all the three things that we do at the Ghana Climate Innovation Center. Superb. Yeah. We've been talking to Ruka Sanusi, who is the executive director of the Ghana Climate Innovation Center, based at Ashes University. Came through with Dramani Bukhari, who's the director for partnerships, entrepreneurship, and investments. Tomorrow is the big day, the symposium on incubating climate innovation. It will stream live, go on social media, and follow. Thank you for being on the show, guys. Thank you. Thanks, Bernard. This is the City Breakfast Show, the city's biggest conversation. A minute to top of the hour. Not only does land litigation uh, make you spend more it also takes more time make the right choice by securing your desired plot of land at Shandonia Garden it's a 100 acre catered community located community 25, 24 it's just 5 minutes drive from the Axel Toll point of the Akratima motorway our plots are fully titled 24-7 security asphalted roads underground electricity constant water supply solar powered street lights basketball and tennis courts children's playground all of this with resting beaches. We have three, six, eight, and 12 month payment plans and outright payment. Office at Dr. Korte Papafio Road Airport Residential Area, Old Ghana Airways Building. Call Shandonia on 0302-765-436 or go to shandoniaproperties.com and on our social media platforms. Don't forget the literacy challenge is on. Level one is an essay you ought to write as an advisor to the Minister for Communications and Digitalization. In not less than 600 words, you are required to write a letter to the Minister advising her on how Ghana can deploy technology for poverty reduction and national development. Essay must be at least 600 words long in your own handwriting with your full contact details sent to PO Box GP14123 across Central. The top 50 contestants will enter an aptitude test after which the final 10 will take part in a quiz. The Trusty Challenge is brought to you by CTFM with support from CTTV. Proudly sponsored by Vodafone Ghana Foundation as part of the Kindred Partners as well as Prospectus Ghana and Dext Technology. Yeah, the science said people. Welcome on board, Dext. Nathan, so the, the lesson for today, watermelon is better than grapes. <laughs> Yeah, because grapes is 100% inflation. Watermelon is 73. But I think you should just buy orange or... It works. Wait, what's uh, your favorite fruit, by the way? Orange. Orange, yeah. Yes. Vitamin C. Yes, but some people like other things. Yeah, I like watermelon, but <laughs> the way the price is going, I don't even know. Anyway. So we'll, le we'll leave it here. Thank you for listening. Uh -huh.